Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. Michael Ball with you. The show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. All the sports under one roof, all the great uh, food and drink specials. This would be the time to go to the Canadian Brew House today. Listen to the show while you head there. Two locations in Regina, one in Moose Jaw. Because it's Turkey Day in the United States. You probably got some Thanksgiving Day special there, I'm sure, involving turkey or chicken. I'm just throwing that out there. But I know the good gang over there. They're on top of it. And so they've got uh, football, three games in the NFL. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but go check it out at the Canadian Brew House. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Take a slice out of your fall cooking schedule. Go check them out. Ask in-store about their... Uh, uh, deals in-house and their takeout deals. And our text line's brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. Our good friends over there, longtime supporters, 936-6262. Lots to talk about today. We'd love your interaction. You can call that number locally or one 767 Looky, looky here across the board for me. Now, we were at the aggravation for three days. We took a day off today. We'll be back in tomorrow. I wanted to uh, come in here and work with this guy because, like, when you're doing a show that's kind of disjointed, i.e., your one guy's here and the other guy's over away out of studio, it's, it's, it's a little awkward at the best of times. And Zinger and I have chemistry because we do this all the time. Colson's coming in here because Zinger and Blaine, two football nerds worse than me, took the day off to watch all these football games. And, uh, and and so I got Colson here. Uh, so can't blame Col- them, of course. No, I can't blame them. We got our big TV here. They could have sat here and watched it here. Uh, Colson Schultz uh, joining me here. Uh, so I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little miffed because earlier in the year, you're like, okay, I want to get as many hours as I can, and I want to work. And then all of a sudden, you were gone, and I was like, I'm glad. I, I'm glad because I almost sent you a text like, Hey man, like, and, and I'm gruff in text. I, 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 I gotta learn to be better this way. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty direct guy, as you know, mm. pretty fiery guy, and I almost sent you a text, very simple. Hey man, what's up with you? Where did you go? But you went and got a uh, little cosmetic hand surgery. Yep. Uh, because, well, tell us, you were born, you were born with some extra skin, right? Yeah, I was born in two of my fingers, my middle and my ring finger were yeah. just together. Yeah. The skin didn't separate. So yeah. I, it was good, and it cleaned up because I got cut back when I was really little. But yeah. you, you grow, yeah, you grow. That's right, you so, grow. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. You grow up. So I know, right. So so you are growing up, and the reason, folks, you got the surgery is because you were away. Not only for that, but you went and got engaged. So thank God I didn't have egg in my face <laughs> sending you like a text like, "Well, you leave me out to dry." So you're getting married. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. It's super exciting. Yeah. Um, just the chaos of planning all of that now. Did she know? Was it romantic? It was in Banff. Was it romantic? Did she know it was coming or what? I'm terrible at keeping secrets. So she knew it was coming. So I'm like, how do I surprise her? And I surprised her by doing it 
right when we got there basically so we were there mm-hmm. in banff the town just kind of exploring yeah and then she turned around and i was already on one knee and she's like right yeah. now i thought it was gonna be yeah. tomorrow and so yeah funny was- story about banff and being married quick story yeah so uh i'm not married anymore i have a a, a lovely significant other Crescinda, mm-hmm. but i was i was married and so we got big Ukrainian wedding and we got all this, uh, all this cash. The Ukrainians like to bring the money, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting here. It's three days after our wedding. We haven't planned a honeymoon. It's in the summer and I'm cook, I'm cooking hot dogs. I think and we're going to watch, check this out. Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Cause it was one of her favorite shows. You wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. And Jane Seymour show. Anyway. So I'm like, why the hell am I cooking hot dogs? We've got this money from the wedding. We can go somewhere. So we went to Banff. It's a great place. It was a great place. And we had our first fight. We were on Lake Louise, the actual lake. We rented a canoe. And I just wanted to have like a romantic time in the boat. And it was like she wanted to train for the Olympics and go all the way to the end of the lake. And we got, don't you know how to row? I said, not really. And I really didn't care. I just wanted to sit with my new wife. Uh, <laughs> Colson, I'm divorced. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, I'm just <laughs> uh, my joke at a wedding is this: whenever I get whenever one of them, I won't tell one of them, but here's one I tell all the time. Mm-hmm. What's your wife's name? Amanda. Colson and Amanda, two more people tired of being happy. <laughs> no, good luck, man. I, congratulations, and I am so happy that I didn't uh, I didn't jump on you for being for being away. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Well, our buddy Sean Kleisinger will be happy. He bought himself a rotisserie chicken from Superstore, put it on, had his dad Patrick over, took the day off, and they sat with his young son Caspi, Casper, and he watched his Green Bay Packers roar out to an early lead. Start with A.J. Dillon in the backfield, but it's a fake. Love protected. Love going deep. Christian Watson, the intended receiver, and he's got it. A big play up top on the first play. Second and goal. Four-man rush. Quick over the middle. Caught Reed is in for the touchdown. That was four. Went over angry about the spot, but does not throw the challenge flag there. And the fake. Love got a man wide open. It's is going to walk in for the touchdown. It's just a great play design. Now it's the rookie, Anders Carlson, from 43 yards out. And the kick is good. Yeah, so the uh, Packers race out to a 23-6 lead and hold on for a nice turkey day win. At Ford Field, it was 29-20, so the Detroit Lions came in 8-2 for the first time since the 1960s. They're now 8-3, and three, and the Packers improved to 5-6. and six. And don't look now, but Jordan Love's looked pretty good the last two and a half weeks. Over 300 yards passing against my crappy Chargers, and then today he had three touchdown passes So in the victory. All right, so uh, that's that. Uh, Riders coaching search. I'll get to that in a second. Let's do this first. The Montreal Grey Cup Parade held yesterday. And uh, here's Cody at it again. It's Cody Fajardo on the stage. Nobody believed but the 1% right here. The 1%. And for all you kids out there, please cover your ears. Because to everybody else... 
Boo! Just watch! This franchise deserves it. You fans deserve it. These players deserve it. I could not be here without all of you and all of them. It's been a winding road, and nobody believed I would be up here. But you guys, and for that, merci beaucoup. I love you very much. Yeah, so uh, good on Cody, but uh, sometimes people show you who they are. Showed some selfish tendencies in Saskatchewan, and there he was, middle of the stage, and it was about him. He was a leader. I don't think he should have said that, but whatever. Hey, he's, I think he was half in the bag, too. I'm not going to lie to you. This, most of them were. Hey, can't take it away from him. Great Cup champ. Uh, by the way, back to the NFL. Commanders, Cowboys about set to get going there. Cowboys, 13.5-point favorites, uh, and the Niners and Seahawks later. Uh, let's go to the NHL. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Need a goalie. That was Stymie. Forced it back. A drive. Check field. Rebound. Scored. Unable to get a shot away. It's going to lead to a two-on-one. Bouchard back. Loading. Dishing. Bunting back. And it's tipped across the line. 2-0 Carolina. Broberg. Hammered into the boards. Able to absorb that. Check it out. Yeah, so Stuart Skinner gives up four goals on 14 shots. The Oilers lose 6-3 in Carolina, their third straight loss. Uh, The Habs ended a four-game slide behind this guy. Oh, shut that off. Wrong one. Wrong You've one. got mail. Wrong one. Wrong one. Sorry. It didn't take. Alex Newhook scored the two goals for the Montreal Canadiens in a 4-3 win over the Anaheim Ducks. I thought it took, but it did not take. I'm sorry. Uh, the Jets win in overtime at Tampa. Excuse me for a second. Huh. Pops on Can the we mic. we stop all the boo and let these guys play? Nah, we screwed that up. Do you got that cart there? Can you look at those carts? I'm sorry. Do you got 63 there? Why a 63? Yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, I'm trying something different with all this audio, and it doesn't seem to be working. Here we go. Is this it here? Let's try it in the phantom computer world. Here we go. He's with the Mastikoff. The Mastikoff goes around behind the net. And the Mastikoff does a good job here. He's knocked down, but Pionk steals it. Cross to Lowry and Lowry. Yeah, so Adam Lowry gets the OT winner for the Winnipeg Jets over Tampa. Calgary lost 4-2 to Nashville. The Regina Pats were 8-0 losers to the Medicine Hat Tigers. Blades got pumped 6-2 in Everett. All right, so uh, Pascal Siakam at 36 points. Raptors outgunned the Pacers 132-131. And we hit this audio prematurely, but... uh Greg Popovich, who likes to pontificate about a bunch of things in the world, I don't like sports and politics mixing, but he's getting a little bit too big for his britches. Here's what he did. San Antonio, playing the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard is old player who left San Antonio, went to Toronto, then goes to L.A. Here's what Popovich does at home. Excuse me for a second. Pops on we the mic. stop all the boo and let these guys play. It's not who last. It's not who we are. Knock off the boo. I'm telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. 
uh, they weren't throwing things at him. There was nothing racist. They were booing a former player. Popovich needs... It's an embarrassing look for Greg Popovich. A little bit of an ego run there. Not real cool with that. Um, yeah, Greg Popovich. Good coach. Likes to talk about some cultural things and, and political things, which I don't want politics in my sports. That's just me. But fans, those fans, have you seen how much NBA tickets are? If they want to go to your team's game and play your or pay your salary, which is worth millions of dollars, then they can boo. That's That's their right to boo. And he's a... Multi-million dollar basketball player. Unless it's something derogatory, which it wasn't. They weren't throwing anything at him. Suck it up and shut up. And you don't own the NBA, okay? When we come back, Andy McNamara will talk some betting in the NFL here on the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, it's Thursday. It's American Thanksgiving. And that also means... Talk a little NFL here. Three games, one's already in the books. The Green Bay Packers beating the Detroit Lions 29-20 at uh, Ford Field. And let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and uh, speak with one of our NFL betting experts, Andy McNamara. That's a bit of a shocking one, wouldn't you say? It was. It was. Yeah, Green Bay jumped out to that quick 20-6 first quarter lead and just kind of hung on from there. And Detroit made the late gasp uh, in the fourth quarter with eight points. But... Too little, too late. So a bit of a shocker on the on the Thanksgiving opener, yeah. Are you surprised with how Jordan Love's kind of turned it around a little bit? Now I played my poorest Chargers, uh, but uh, he yeah. did he did put together back to back good games on a on a short week. He did, he did, and you know what? Credit to him. Um, he started the year off very well, and then got figured out after week four. And cooled down. And then the turnover started coming. And then, okay, then you throw two against Pittsburgh interceptions. Can you figure out? The, the key is, when you're a young quarterback, he's not a rookie, but when you're a first-time starter, you will get figured out. And when you do, can you then figure out getting figured out? And it looks like Jordan Love has been doing that the last two weeks. Like, Thanksgiving Day, prime time in Detroit against the pretty much going into today, the consensus number two team in the NFC maybe the NFL, in the, with the Lions. And that's, again, in Detroit. And you put up three touchdowns, no picks. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Green Bay, I don't think they'll be necessarily making any noise this year when it comes to like a playoff push or anything like that. But you got to give them some credit here. All right. So, uh, by the way, quickly before we get to this Dallas one coming up here, so people can – well, let's do that first because it's, it's starting here. Anything that people can maybe slide in under the wire before the kickoff or as we go along with live in-game betting, the Dallas Cowboys and Washington. My you're such a turkey prediction yesterday in this game was – Dak Prescott enters the MVP discussion with a five touchdown with a five touchdown performance today. Oh, uh, that's a bit too rich for my blood. That's a bit too rich for me. I, I, I don't know about that. This is once again. Once again, I called it the "You're such a turkey" prediction. Yeah, like, you know what? Look, I got Dak Prescott on one of my fantasy teams. I would love five touchdowns, please. Uh, I, I, I will be rooting for that for Dak Prescott. But what I see ballsy in this is, okay, two, two things. One, we know division games can be weird, can be tough, and you see upsets all the time. Two, it's Thursday night, and you double the weird on that. I see Washington covering in this game. 
Dallas is clearly the better team. Washington got rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. But Sam Howell throws the ball more than anybody in the league. What if they get out to a quick little, you know, it's up 7 nothing, And you kind of force Dallas to hang around a little bit here. I could see the Commanders covering. Not win, but 13 points is a big line yeah. for a Thursday rivalry match. So I would take the Commanders to cover on Well, it. but here's the thing. What the Cowboys do is get up, they pin their ears back, and nobody gets smoked more than Sam Howell at quarterback. He could end, ah, he could end up like a bunch of dead turkeys today. That's true. Yeah, gobble, gobble, all the way to the sack uh, line for the Dallas Cowboys defense, right? Up those, get those contract stats. And great play for the uh, Dallas defense in fantasy, too, if you got them cooking. But, yeah, yeah Sam Howell, it very well could. Um, I just I just got a feeling, Baldy, that, you know what, this team, it's they're, they can be beat, obviously, but they, they're usually kind of gamers. Like, there's not too many times they get blown out there. So, look, if the New York Giants can win a game with Tommy DeVito – uh, I'll give Sam Howell a chance to cover 13. I'm sure I can bet on this somewhere. I haven't looked that deep, okay, because I was planning the show. But Deron Bland has four INTs for touchdowns, tying a single-season oh. NFL record. I'm saying he gets number five today. Oh, uh, yeah, if there's a line on that, I don't see. I don't, know if, there, I don't know if there is, but I'm just saying. I think that's yeah. going to happen today. If there's a defensive uh yeah, I I don't see it. You maybe have to be like in Vegas itself. To yeah, make maybe, that, that, maybe, that. maybe. Get. I like I like what you're thinking. I I would make that play too. You know. Okay. So back to the Detroit Lions for a second here. Do you like this? I know we don't put we shouldn't put much stock in a win or a loss. It's a week to week league. Football's a week to week sport for sure, and not just logistically, but mentally. Like you don't. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to carry momentum over and things like that, but. What does this loss say about the Lions? They barely beat the Bears. They had to score. They were down by 12 points with four minutes to go and rally to win. So, okay, that's good or bad, depending how you want to look at it. And they lose to a stumbling Packers team, like at home on Thanksgiving. What does that say about their, uh, their street cred? Boy, you know what? The, the only thing I'll push back on that with, and you make good points, it's that they are division games, right? So here's what, here's what I say. Let's table this and see how they do going into the very beatable, but not pushover, New Orleans Saints. It's a road game. It's not a division game. It's a game you're going to be expected to win. Let's see how they do then. After that, maybe we get a little bit of a better look at maybe these Lions, maybe they, they don't have as many teeth as, they, as, they, as we thought they might have earlier in this season. Maybe a little bit of a paper tiger type of thing here. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to save my judgment for after the Saints game. But certainly, you look at those last couple games, you're right. It's like, all right, uh, well, what are you at this point of the year as the calendar gets ready to turn to December? Paper lion, not paper tiger. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking for a cliche. Teeth, I don't know. Teeth and a cat. I'm just bugging you. Okay, so tonight we got the 49ers and Seahawks. This is where I'm picking the upset in Seattle. Oh. I'm going Seahawks. I, Zinger and I said yesterday it'll be close. Zinger had a twenty to twenty to seventeen. I initially had the 49ers, but I bought what he was selling. I'll say like twenty four twenty Seahawks. Oh boy! Now here's the question, though. I don't hate the bet if it's Geno Smith playing. Yeah. Is Geno going in? He is questionable with an elbow. Uh, it looks like he is tracking. I'm looking right now. It looks like he is tracking towards playing. But an elbow, that ain't good for someone who needs to throw the football. Um, boy, 
if he was 100%, not that he's the same Geno Smith as we saw a year ago, but it's a little, it's, it's tricky. It could be, though. Like, like, again, we look at the Thursday night game. We look at how close these two teams are. We look as well, San Francisco on the road in Seattle. That's a tough place to play. And the 49ers had an only seven-point favorite. It's not like Vegas is screaming at us like, like with Dallas and uh, Washington, right? Yeah. So I don't think that upset is a crazy pick at all. Um, I, I'm just a little concerned with how much uh, Geno Smith, um, that elbow goes and what they look like. 43 and a half, maybe we'd look to take the under on that too. Yeah, I agree. The under on that one for sure. Okay, so uh, tomorrow there's the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, Tim Boyle, the vaunted Tim Boyle against Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, what's the line on that one? I didn't see, but uh, I'd be taking Miami. And like, given points and taking Miami. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, Miami, I, now I'm very surprised by this. Miami is only nine and a half point favorites. <laughs> that seems like now maybe it's because it's in New York. The yeah. weather I'm looking 47 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, I don't know what that is Celsius, but I know it's cold. Um, yeah. Cloudy doesn't look like it's wet. So maybe it's like, okay, the, you know, maybe it's the, the thought of uh, warm weather teams don't travel. Well, boy, man, but it's Tim Boyle. The defense is serviceable for the jets. They can do a nice job. They can hang around. But Tim Boyle, let's let's relax, right? Come on, nine and a half. I'll take the points here, Ballsy. I'll take the. If this was thirteen and a half, I would take this instead of the Washington Commanders game. Okay, you're in a fantasy league. You and the other two are also you. So it's the Andy McNamara uh, Andy McNamara Fantasy League for broadcasters. Okay, the three play by play guys we're watching today are Kevin Burkhart, Jim Nance, Mike Tirico. Your first choice is. Oh, I got to go, Nance. Okay, he, 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 he gives the he gives the prime time field. Then Tariko, Tariko's close second. Okay, and then you got Burkhardt third. Okay, and your yeah. color commentators are Tony Romo, Chris mm-hmm. Collinsworth, and the third one is Greg Olson. Collinsworth is a brown tater. He can kick. He can hit the brick. He can Get kick here, rocks. Yeah, yeah, kick Get rocks. out of here, Collinsworth, you bum! Get out of here, Collinsworth is done. Uh, I, you know what? I love Romo. I'll pick Romo, but Greg Olson is very quickly rising up my list. He's got he's got kind of that like fresh player uh, personality, but it's like it's it's like he kind of gives off that buddy vibe, but it's working for me. You know, like he's not a polished product yet. Yeah. But I think Greg Olson is is uh, quickly developing into one of the premier color guys. So he's a riser to me for sure. I'll put Romo first though, but like old, maybe maybe by this time next year we we have Olson passing. Him. I don't know. Romo is uh, Andy Dalton to me. He was uh, he was he, <laughs> oh he looks pretty good coming out of the yeah. university. Was it TCU? <laughs> and now he's like. Eh, not that good. Settling in. Nah, nah, nah settling not, in. Not, yeah. not a I'd go, I'd go Olsen, Collinsworth, Romo. Oh. Oh. <laughs> hey, man. Oh. Hey, oh. hey, man. Collinsworth, get that. Let, let us uh, know where they can get a hold of you, bud. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, uh, there's a lot of fantasy football and betting questions coming into this full week. So hit me up on Twitter, at, at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, Instagram, at AndyMCSports. Use hashtag AskAndy and join me Sunday morning live, 10 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, the Sick Podcast with Andy Matner. We get all your fantasy football betting info and get your questions in, and uh, we have a good time. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right, Mike. Anytime. Talk to you soon. This is Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
Time now for your sports ticker. And really, we just telling you that the Thursday football well underway. The Detroit Lions on a home turf kicking off the trifecta on Turkey Day in the United States, losing 29-20 to Sean Kleisinger's Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys in those beautiful dark blue unis with the white helmets, the blue star on the helmets, taking on the Washington Commanders. They've just kicked it off, and in typical NFL fashion, is a touchback. So starting at the 25 of the Commanders in their scarlet uh, helmets with the uh, yellow stripe, yellow or gold, the W on those helmets, and a howl at quarterback. So uh, there you go. That is uh, the uh, sports ticker. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. Hey, hey, I'm a diabetic. I'm a diabetic, and drinking water is boring for me. But I'll tell you what, it is very important. Talk about the importance of water. Now, that sounds dumb, but it is. I mean, you people forget to do that when they're working out or just in the day-to-day life activities. Yeah, I mean, water, we're composed 80% of water. So 85% of our brain is water, 80% of our blood is water, and 70% of our muscles are water. So we need it to survive. We can survive for weeks without food, but without water, we're dead in, in just a matter of three or four days. So it is a vital role in bodily function. So if you if you aren't hydrated, you'll feel fatigued during the day. You'll feel short. You'll have this fuzzy short-term memory um, because of all the muscle, the water, the muscle, all the water that muscle carries. You're going to st- struggle with muscle stiffness. So water is so 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 important just for day-to-day activities and. I don't know about you, but I can really tell when someone's dehydrated just by looking at them. So, you know, in my opinion, I don't know if this is proven or not, my own feelings is that if you actually look at someone, you can tell when they're hydrated. Their skin is is clear and it looks hydrated. There's less wrinkles. And and for someone like me who's approaching 50, those are little things that kind of matter to me. Oh, man, sister, I agree. I'm right in the same age bracket as you. (laughs) Now, I know you're not a doctor, but you are are into this big time. In your experience, somebody that's active, how much water should they have? I've heard varying things. What's uh, your experience? That's a great question, and it does definitely do, uh, vary on uh, you know the type of activity you're doing day to day, how much water you're losing through sweating. But I always say you should definitely be peeing every hour, um, and your pee should be clear. So um, that's usually the tail time tail sign of whether or not you need more water. So take a look at your pee, make sure it's quite clear, and if you're um, taking hours on end without needing a pee break, then you certainly need some more water in your diet. Great advice. You can follow her in-depth at Train With Tish, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, Michael. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House with the corner of 12th and Rose. Normally down there at Agribition, I was there the first three days. I'll be back there Friday, but Sean Kleisinger, my regular wingman's gone, and I thought, hey, I'm going to be face-to-face with my backup guy here, uh, Colson Schultz, who does a great job operating various things, so he is here. 
in tow. Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to this Grey Cup champion, Darnell Sankey. Uh, you know him from getting 120 tackles a year ago with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, went down south to chase his dream in the XFL. Uh, won a championship in the XFL. Comes up here and wins a championship with the Montreal Alouettes. Man, those championships are following you around, big dog. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, so, uh, it ain't me, man. It's a, it's a good man upstairs, man. I'm just here to do my job. So talk about that and the um, just how it, how it is for a guy to come in like you. You are a proven football player, no doubt, with Calgary and Saskatchewan. Um, but you come in here to a pretty established defense and just stepping in there. What was that like for you? <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely different. Um, you know, coming in... To a uh, uh, to coming into an uh, uh, to a um, how do I want to put it established quote unquote, um, but really I would say a better word is a uh, like a close, like a proven unit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, coming in and filling a a role that Coach Thorpe had told me he wanted me to fill and he wanted me to kind of take control of this defense and uh, lead us to the promised land. <laughs> and you didn't have to do too much, right? Like, when you come into something like that, you, you maybe don't feel like you got to make every tackle. I know you want to make every tackle because you're a competitor, but you know you don't have to, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's our defense has a, has a bunch of ballers on it, you know, so uh, I don't have to go around and make every single tackle. Yeah, correct. So... You know, going into the playoffs, a lot of people said, well, I mean, Montreal, they, who have they really beaten? I know you weren't here for a good chunk of the year, but it was like, Montre- who has Montreal really beaten? They beat up on the Hamiltons and the Saskatchewans and the Ottawas of the world, but they, they haven't really beaten anybody. Uh, now, I hear from all these athletes, we block out the noise. How much did you guys hear that noise going into the playoffs? Yeah, we, um, you know, we, we, we have no... Yeah, it's got <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's okay. I was I was uh I'm in an Uber. But, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know um man, like I like I've told everybody my whole career. All that doesn't matter. You know, once the whistle blows and once it's 12 on 12, it's go time. So all them rankings and who plays who and this team beat that team, it doesn't matter. That's the beautiful thing about professional athletics. Everybody's a pro. You know, everybody, there's ballers on every single team. It's just a matter of who brings it on what day. Let's let's take the Argo game, uh, for instance. A 16-2 and two team, they won most of the awards. Uh, you, you don't really need any extra motivation to play in that game. When did you have a feeling, was there a point in that game when you had a feeling like this is going, like he was throwing picks left and right? When did you feel like, yeah, this is going our way? Um, we knew before the game. You know, we knew when they were warming up that we had the game in the bag. Um you know, we had already came to some conclusions going in to that day. And, uh, you know, we were just watching them. And us as a defense, we came together and we said, yeah, we're going to dominate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, 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 that's literally what happened. You know, we didn't, we didn't um, you know, we're not being cocky. We're not being, we are being confident. Yes, you know, we are being confident because we know that we're the best team in the, in the CFL. We just had to go out there and prove it. And once the game started going, um, you know, I mean, things just started falling into place, but, you know, we, we already knew that going ahead of time, to be honest with you. So, so there was never a point where we ever thought we were going to lose. 
This is Darnell Sankey, Grey Cup champion, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, uh, uh, Montreal Alouettes outstanding linebacker. We'll get into the celebration and everything like that. So Grey Cup week, you're there. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you think of Grey Cup week? Not not the party after. I'm taught you probably don't remember much of that. <laughs> but 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 the, but the actual the actual week and everything like that. What pops into your mind? Just the parade. I mean, the parade was the. Yeah. Are you talking about going into the game? Yeah, going. Yeah, going into the, like that week, the the, the, the oh, lead up oh, to the game and everything it. like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, just a moment of a lifetime. You know, it's not often that you get to play in a Grey Cup or any championship on any level. You know, so it's it's really hard to um, just kind of remember your roots and stay focused. But that's what you got to do. You know, you can't you can't change your routine. Whatever brought you there, you got to keep. You got to keep um, kind of honing in on that, you know. And the, and the crazy thing is, I don't think people understand the amount of media that is in the Great Cup week. A lot of media, a lot of obligations, a lot of extracurricular activities, um, and you know, you just have to kind of stay honed and stay focused on the task at hand. And um, you know, I mean, I, I already had known going ahead of that that I was going to be a grind. So it was just a matter of going out there and playing my game. You were a teammate with. Cody Fajardo here in Saskatchewan, you know how it ended for him? Because it ended the same, not the same way, but you ended the same, you know, your tenure ended with the Rough Riders when his did. Uh, take me to that speech. How surprised were you to see that kind of Cody Fajardo on that speech? Uh, speech? Yeah, you know, the crazy thing is everyone says, you know, they've never heard, co- uh, the, the thing is no one's ever heard Cody curse. Yeah. You know, curse or... You know, that's not really the kind of guy. He doesn't really do stuff like that. You know, we haven't really seen that from him. Mm. But, man, just as his friend, as his brother, I felt like that's what, that's just that passion coming out. It's like you can only hold it in so long. You know, you can only hold stuff like that in so long until you meet your breaking point. And I think just the amount of stuff he was going through, he had went through in Saskatchewan, how he was treated there. Um, you know, the negative image that he had going into Montreal. I think all that was just kind of built and pent up and we were, and it's like he, he stepped up and needed and uh, you know, and let us. You know, he's he's quarterback number one. So mm-hmm. he stepped up and he took the job and you know, that speech was just all passion, man. We loved it. So, you, so you're, you're a great guy. Anybody else can speculate outside the locker room. I obviously traveled with the team on the plane, but I wasn't in the locker room. So you really believe, uh, you really believe, uh, Darnell, that he got kind of, well, for lack of a better way of putting it, done dirty here in Saskatchewan from some of the media, some of the fans, and even within the organization a bit? Done dirty is a, is a hard, aggressive term. I would say that there was definitely some things that went down in Saskatchewan that aren't public. Um, and I went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I know already that there were some things that were happening that a lot of people don't understand and don't know. And guys like Coach Moss, Cody, they're not going to speak on. And, you know, I'm not going to speak on them either because that's yeah. airing out dirty laundry. You yeah. know, like we don't – we're not here to do that. You know, hey, all the best to – I loved Rider Nation. You know, a lot of, you know, I have nothing but love for Rider Nation. Unfortunately, you know, the business sometimes um, kind of gets in, uh, gets in the way, and you know, things happen. You yeah. know, but Rider Nation and the fans are are great. You know, but you know, I mean, there are some things that were happening that um, weren't being spoken on, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I think that that kind of really took a toll, and you know, uh, uh, Cody and Moss kind of took the grunt of it, but. 
I mean, we're great cup champs, and we're led by Cody and Coach Moss. So, uh, you know, apparently... Redemption you know, sweet, right? Re- Redemption sweet, right? Hey, uh, before we let you go here, tell me about the parade. Tell me about the celebration. Look, uh, look top shelf. It was honestly, I can say this confidently, the best day in my sports life. Wow. It was just, just seeing the city and seeing all the work you put in pay off and, and other people recognize it and support it and come together as a, as a family and the city of Montreal. It was just like, man, it was, I'm telling you, it was, it was arguably the best day of my sports career. You know, that's great to hear from an American, from an American guy. You went down to the XFL. You came back up here. We heard the narrative coming out of, uh, coming out of COVID that the CFL won't survive unless it amalgamates with the XFL. They have to get in bed with the rock. I snickered at that. I'm like, this is a proud league. It's been around forever. Yeah. It's only got nine teams, but we see it in the great cup. And, and that's probably more emblazoned in your mind after spending a week in Hamilton and seeing what a championship means to this country and, of Montreal. Just talk about it from an American perspective quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, the CFL is kind of overlooked in America, you know, because of the NFL and, you know, there's other leagues. There used to be the uh, the arena football. I think the arena football league's still going. I'm not too sure. Um, you know, the IFL, the XFL, USFL. So, sometimes us Americans, we don't know too much about the CFL unless, you know, you know somebody or, you know, you happen to see it on TV one day, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, you're in the professional sports world. Um, so I think just being an American and being able to experience the, the CFL is just, man, I, I just, I, I really don't have words to describe the feeling of, of winning that Grey Cup, you know, putting that trophy up in, in the parade, man. It's just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's very encouraging, um, you know, especially for the league. You know, they see those those pitchers, and it's like, you know, of course, um, you know, as Saskatchewan fans, Calgary fans, Hamilton, et cetera, et cetera, you know, you want to see your team win, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at the pitchers of the parade in Montreal, and it's like, man, that's what it's about. Yeah. No, for you sure, know, man. That's, that's what it's about. That's yeah. what it's about. You yeah. know, it's about the fan base, and it's like, man. I can't even, I can't, I really can't even explain it. Well, you did a good job here as best you could. Congratulations, Darnell Sankey, Grey Cup champ. Thanks for always taking our call. Enjoy the offseason. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, I appreciate you. Take care. That is uh, Darnell Sankey joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll talk some Pats hockey next here. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House. Regina Pats on the road because Aggravation's in town. They started their three-game Alberta road trip. We're going to go back and take a listen to that game. It was an 8-0 drubbing, and then we'll hear Dante DeCary in conversation with head coach Brad Haroff. It moves it out to center. McKenna gains the attacking line for the Tigers. Left circle, walks in, he shoots! And a glove save by Huey. Bash it down on the right goal line. Now walking in front. Lindstrom tucks it in front and Weisblatt scores! Oasis Weisblatt gives the Tigers a 1-0 lead. Aremba lost it in the slot. St. Martin all alone and he gets hooked up. Rebound! Glove save by Huey! A spread eagle stop as he robs Thomas Mersick! 
That puck had goal listed all over it. To McKenna at the midpoint. Right side, one-timer, Weisblatt, he scores. Second of the night for Weisblatt. McCann up against the right boards. Centers it in front, here's Rock. He shoots, he scores. Top corner. Liam Rock, what a shot. 3-0, Medicine Hat. Left point, Aranak shoots, stop, rebound. Spread Eagle, save, rebound, they score. 4-0, Tigers. Over the Regina line, into the slot, he shoots, he scores! Top corner, Kayla Lindstrom. Wrist shot, stopped by Brian, rebound, scores! 6-0 Tigers. Now it's floated into the middle and down the ice, partial breakaway, and hot ass scores! All the way to the Medicine Hat zone, here's Lindstrom accepting a pass at center, in over the line, spinorama move on Slaney, backhander scores! Brad, I guess we'll start off with your thoughts on this one. How would you kind of describe your team's performance tonight here at Medicine Hat? Uh, yeah, obviously the 8 nothing score, just hard pill to swallow. Um, don't think we're very, some individuals just weren't very good with some guys who were pretty good. Um, and obviously in the second period there, we had three breakaways, two grade eight chances in the first 10 minutes, and it was still a one nothing, 2 nothing game, and we didn't score on those. We had a power play in those things, we didn't get any momentum off of that, and then uh, you know, second period, I know we were down 4 nothing, but I like the way we were creating chances, you know, so much we weren't doing in the first period. Um, I mean, it just kind of snowballed for us. Didn't like a couple of goals that we let in, but uh, that's the way it goes. They're a good team, and they score real easy. They have good players. Yeah, Brad, I mean, you mentioned the breakaways that you guys had. You guys had some really good opportunities to score in this hockey game. Is it just a matter of time before those bounces end up going in the back of the net? I mean, you look back to Swift Current, you guys had some breakaways as well. So I guess, uh, is it only a matter of time and before finally maybe those pucks go in the back of the net and we're not looking at, you know, a lopsiding game like we saw tonight? Yeah, well, um, uh, we need those to go in for us. And, you know, we practice them all week long and, you know, different, different styles of taking shootouts and different people, you know, taking breakaways. But, uh, yeah, for us, we just got to stay positive here, stick with it. And um, uh, we were creating chances. We just didn't get, we just didn't score. And when we're not creating chances, that's when we're in trouble. So we're just going to stay positive here and uh, keep on trucking. Brad Hiroff, the head coach of the Regina Pats, is with us on the Leader Post post-game show. Pats fall 8-0 here in Medicine Hat. And Brad, you mentioned staying positive. I'm happy you mentioned that because Ken Schneider talked about it on the post-game show on Friday that, you know, seeing maybe that frustration of those pucks not falling, not going in on breakaway, starting to set into this group. As a coaching staff, what's your message to the group when things like this happen, where you lose a game like this and you get those breakaways and chances to score, but the puck doesn't go in to try to stay positive and, and keep that message alive? Well, that's what a true scoring a, a true scoring slumps when you're not getting opportunities. So, obviously, scoring's been a little bit of a tough thing for us lately, but we're getting opportunities. Uh, we're just not putting them in the net. So, for us, the coach staff, um, we got to stay positive. Got to, you know, keep our emotions, keep that positive energy going. Hopefully, just keep on working hard and don't succumb to the frustration. The biggest thing is that's the group we can't um, succumb to the negativity and the outside noise. We just keep on believing in our group and just keep on. You know, um, believing that good things will come if we do it the right way. I guess the beautiful thing about hockey and about sports in general, Brad, is that you have an opportunity to bounce back Friday in Edmonton against the Old Kings and Saturday against the Red Deer Rebels. How eager are you to get to back on the ice with practice tomorrow here on the road and obviously continue to see this group get closer together, building into Friday and Saturday to finish off this road trip, hopefully on a high note? 
Yeah, well, that's exactly what we need to do here. We just got to keep on um, uh, jump back into it Friday. I think we hold Edmonton a better game than we gave them last time, and they stole two points from us. We feel so we owe them two points back, and that's our plan on Friday. Brad, thanks for the time tonight, and uh, I guess we'll chat later on this week. Thanks, Dante. That's Regina Pats head coach Brad Haroff joining us. A practice tomorrow here in Medicine Hat, Friday in Edmonton against the Oil Kings. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. First thing you need to know, the show is sponsored by the Canadian Brew House. Thanks to them for getting on board. You can go down there right now, watch some Thursday night NFL football. We had the we'll get to the game that was earlier right now. Cowboys come in 13 and a half point favorites over the Commanders in the second quarter. We're scoreless. Looks like Dallas just fumbled tonight. Seattle hosting San Francisco. The other divisional game was earlier today. The Green Bay Packers raced out to an early lead. Start with A.J. Dillon in the backfield, but it's a fake. Love protected. Love going deep. Christian Watson, the intended receiver, and he's got it. A big play up top on the first play. Second and goal. Four-man rush. Pick over the middle. Caught Reed is in for the touchdown. Matt LaFleur went over angry about the spot, but does not throw the challenge flag there. And the fake. Love got a man wide open. It's Kraft who's going to walk in for the touchdown. It's just a great play design. Now it's the rookie, Anders Carlson, from 43 yards out. And the kick is good. So the Green Bay Packers race out to a 23-6 lead and hold off the Detroit Lions 29-20 to keep the Packers' playoff hopes alive, you'd have to think. Lions fall to 8-3. Packers, second straight game. The Jordan Love had a great outing. This time, 268 yards passing to go along with three touchdowns through the air. And the Packers will be celebrating with their turducken and a bunch of cheese, right? That's Wisconsin and cheese as uh, they beat Detroit. Um, okay, I want to get to this now. Had a lot of fans ask me, uh, both on social media and in person. In fact, today, my buddy uh, John Ginoli over at Soul Man went in there to pick up my significant other's shoes. We had a nice conversation with him and his father-in-law and employees about the Rough Riders. And everybody's eager to see who the next head coach of the Rough Riders is going to be. Now... You know a lot of the names that have been um, bandied about for the coaching job. I uh, I think it's safe to say probably the to- a top three in no particular order. Just speculating. I wouldn't know. I'm not talking to Jeremy O'Day right now. Like What I mean is we haven't talked to each other. I'm not in the room and he's interviewing people. But apparently the team, I know this for a fact, they've interviewed seven candidates. Two more to go in the first round. I would say the three names we're hearing the most... Scott Milanovic, Buck Pierce, Corey Mace. So here's the three. Let's go with those three. Here's the three different setups. So Scott Milanovic, obviously, Grey Cup winning head coach. Didn't have a winning record as a head coach with the Toronto Argonauts, but he's a Grey Cup winning head coach. He has a close relationship with Trevor Harris, so right away they would be in lockstep. I'm hearing that Milanovic... 
probably seeking a deal around 250000 as head coach, one fifty as the OC, which would be fair, around 400000 He'd be the highest paid guy probably in that organization on the football side if they hire him. He's the proven guy. Milanovic is the proven guy. Heck, he took Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jags. They almost went to the Super Bowl. He had him in the AFC Championship against the Patriots, I believe, and he made Bortles look like an actual NFL quarterback. It was crazy. At least it was the second round. I know that for sure. I think it was the AFC Championship game, if I'm not mistaken. So Milanovic can coach. He definitely can coach. He's been in Indianapolis, too, and he could put together a pretty good staff. His NFL contacts. Um, so, so that's that's a real plus. Can hit the ground running with this quarterback. Then you got Buck Pierce. You're taking away from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right? Maybe Buck Pierce comes here. Does he come with Drew Brown? Hey, I'm a Trevor Harris guy. I want to see Harris in Ryder colors for a full year to see what he could do. But you bring in Buck Pierce, and he brings in the next guy, Drew Brown. Intriguing. Maybe that's it for Trevor Harris. You could save up some, uh, you save some money on the cap if you're looking at it that way. But on the other side, you need to win. The Riders need to win. So are you going to go with a first-time coach and a first-time guy who's never been a starting quarterback in professional football? That's a little risky. Now you could say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Argonauts with Chad Kelly and Ryan Dinwiddie with hardly any experience, rookie head coach. But Ryan Dinwiddie did have McLeod Bethel Thompson. So he got them to where they needed to get to. Got hurt in the fourth quarter. Chad Kelly comes off the bench, wins it here, and has a great MOP season. So um, you could be uh, a prisoner of the moment and look at that and say, well, it worked in Toronto. It could work here. Um, so there's that. There's there's pros and cons to that side. And then there is Corey Mace. Corey Mace is a guy that I've heard is well-liked around the league by fellow players and fellow coaches. Ottawa almost hired him ahead of Bob Dice as the head coach in Ottawa with the Red Blacks. Uh, and so uh, Corey Mace is a very intriguing prospect. He's ran a really good defense in Toronto. I know my color commentator Luke Molitor says if he had to pick the top two, it would be Milanovic and then Corey Mace. Corey Mace comes here as the head coach. And he brings with him Mark Mueller, who's a really good friend of Corey Mace's. They're really tight. Mark is an up-and-coming, young, great co- uh, coach with local ties. We've already talked about that. Uh, former Ram, a former Ram coach, grandson of Ron Linecaster, spent 10 years in the CFL, so he's paid his dues. DB's coach, running back's coach, now in the quarterback room, and was calling plays earlier this year. Now, yes... He had his call uh, play calling duties taken away from him, but perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. Dave Dickinson's the head alpha there. He didn't like how things were going. Took back the play calling duties. That's his prerogative as the head coach. Jake Mayer was underwhelming. That's not Mark Mueller's fault. Uh, you know, you could say, well, he's the quarterback's coach. Yes, he is. So he, he's not blameless, but you can't just say, well, that's Mueller's fault. He's be a terrible hire. And their tackles couldn't block me. They, were, they weren't very good, even though collectively they didn't give up a huge amount of sacks. The offensive line was not spectacular in Calgary. One of the, year, one of the first times in a long time I can remember Calgary's offensive line as a whole not being top-notch. If you're asking my opinion where I, you know, I started with this, I predict at the end of the day, 
The Saskatchewan Rough Riders will end up with Corey Mace as their head coach and Mark Mueller, their offensive coordinator. That's what I believe. Um, part of it will be how you mesh in the interview room with O'Day and Reynolds. Part of it will be how you, uh, you know, how you uh, come to the table with who's your coaching staff going to be? What's your plan for the team? What's your vision? What do you, you know, Craig Reynolds came on the show and said, I want to know if this guy's got passion for Rider Nation. Also another connection, Kyle Carson in the personnel side. He has worked with Corey Mace in Calgary, so there's that. He'd be able to give Jeremy a little intel. I know O'Day does like Corey Mace in talking with people around the league. I don't mean necessarily as the head coach. I'm just talking in general. He likes him. So that's my prediction. Corey Mace, the head coach. Mark Mueller, the offensive coordinator. What say you? Do you agree with that? Do you like something else? Somebody off the board I haven't mentioned, 936-6262, the number to text or call, one 767 This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Kurashev over the line for Bajard. Bajard scores! More of that, please, and the Blackhawks are on the board. It's 3-1, number 10 this season for Connor Bedard. Hey, why not? We love this guy around here. Our clutch performer is Connor Bedard of the Chicago Blackhawks. He played hard till the end of that game, even though his Hawks lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets 7-3, but you heard right there, a beautiful shot, which we know from his Pats days as uh, it was his 10th goal of the season in that losing cause. And for his effort... He is our clutch performer for Nick's service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give him a call, 781-1077. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. Pops on the mic. stop all the booing and let these guys play? It's not old class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Pop telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. Yes, it is time for Coast to Coast with uh, Arash Madani from Sportsnet. One of my favorite features all week. We do it twice. Feels real nice. There we go. There's me being a terrible rapper. It's brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly a call. 306-546-2533. Tip of the cap to Brian Golly, too. Staying on board with this. He loves this feature. Good sports fan. He's a fan of yours. We went for supper with him at last year's Grey Cup. So uh, we thank him for staying on board. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brian, over the years, has been such a supporter of this. And you know what I love, Ballsy? Is that we go for dinner, and we went to a real nice spot, nice local place. Mm-hmm. I hate chains. Yeah. And Brian shows up looking dapper, 
But even in his even in his uh, nice clothes, there was a rider logo. Yeah, uh, on the shirt, right? Like he Brian Brian's got some style to him. There, so. Oh, speaking of style, Arash Madani, talk about being you know that old Sesame Street song. One of these things don't belong here. One, it's it's me and these two guys, the uh, the, the world travelers. So Arash, at the start of this, we played a clip of the famous Sam Weish. You live in yeah. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. When they were throwing things on the field in '89, when the Bengals were playing the Seahawks. And then last night, Greg Popovich, who I think is a great coach, goes on the microphone in the middle of the game and tells the fans locally uh, to quit booing Kawhi Leonard. Like, I mean, what? how out of touch is that, Ballsy? What is going on here? Yeah, and look, yes, Kawhi played there, and yes, Kawhi won a ring there. Kawhi demanded out there. And who is Greg Popovich to tell the people who are spending how many hundreds of dollars for tickets and concessions and merchandise what they can and can't do? There was nothing offside, unlike the Sam White situation. Nobody was throwing anything onto the floor. There was nothing derogatory. There was nothing racist. There was nothing personal. Mm -hmm. They were just being fans, showing displeasure on a guy who, A, wanted out of town, B, is playing for an opponent, and Greg Popovich's salary is paid for by those people who are coming to the coming to the building. Yeah, like look, Pops, obviously the among the greatest coaches in sports history, but that just felt like such an out of touch moment. And I just wonder what like a guy like Victor Wambayama must have been thinking when something like that oh. unfolded. Well, and and here's the thing: I get why people who are in uh, in positions they are in sports speak out for causes or against other things. I'm personally, I just want my sports. I don't want politics, but I get it. And and Greg has spoken out about a number of social things, and that's fine. But sometimes guys get on a bit of an ego run where they think they can pontificate about everything, and that crossed the line. That was stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and part of being a fan is that you cheer for your team and you cheer against the other team. <laughs> and look, for how many years was Vince Carter enemy number one in Toronto? For how many years was LeBron, until he went back, enemy in Cleveland for the decision and going to the Miami Heat? It's all part of it. It's all part of the theater. It's all part of the, you know, of why we watch and why we follow and why we care. Yeah. Hey, you're a guy that I could talk to about this. Canada loses to Jamaica on aggregate, uh, away goal aggregate. So, I mean, what a debacle right now. Debacle. And Ballsy, like, you and I have been talking a lot about men's soccer at the, you know, the high level. Right. For the last couple of years. So, I was there the other night, Tuesday against Jamaica, and... You know, as I'm walking to the stadium, it's pouring rain, it's cold, it's windy. I'm thinking to myself, man, Jamaica must be wondering what the heck is up with the weather because 20 months ago they showed up here and Canada beat them 4-0 on a really cold, blustery day. And that was the day that Canada clinched a spot in the World Cup for the first time since 1986 and everything was right with the world. Mm -hmm. And since, Ballsy, since March of 2022, the team has had to cancel a game at home in Vancouver against Iran. They've had to cancel a game against Panama. They had an absolute disastrous World Cup. They went to Vegas for the Nations League final and got embarrassed by the Americans. 
John Herdman resigned from the team. They had a September window this year where they could have had a couple of games and bring the national team together. The Federation was too incompetent to get that together, so they wasted that opportunity. In October, they could have had two matches. Just did one in Japan. It was a debacle. And then comes the other night against Jamaica. They could have, you know, punched their ticket into the Copa America to play legit competition, and they blew it. This program, Balzi, over the last 20 months, hasn't just regressed. It has fallen off the cliff. And you got a bunch of people at Canada Soccer, the Federation, who seem to be capable of cutting oranges at halftime, and that's about it. It's really bad, and they don't have the people. And you have an interim coach just twisting in the wind. You don't even have the people, and we're two and a half years away from hosting a World Cup. Yeah, that's crazy. Arash Madani joining us here from Sportsnet, the uh, great reporter from coast to coast. He covers everything, and he joins us for Smart Investing Solutions. Let's talk CFL to wrap up. Now, I'm a Trevor Harris guy. I've uh, grown to really appreciate not only him on the field, but off the field. I think he's the Canadian uh, uh, CFL version of Philip Rivers. He can IQ you into um, great situations on the field. We didn't see too much of that with the Rough Riders. But Interesting. Our friend Justin Dunk, who you work with at Grey Cup Week, uh, reporting behind the scenes, Buck Pierce is rising through the ranks in terms of the interview process for the Riders' vacant head coaching job. And then I think about this. What about Buck Pierce and Drew Brown? in Saskatchewan because mm. you know what uh, just because a team says yes you're you're looking like you're coming back to be our starter that might not be in the new coach's plan well the, and I understand what I'm not disputing what Dunk's saying let's just take a step back yeah you're the riders and you just had a disastrous season and the year before was bad and you're going to start a new era are you going to do it with a rookie head coach and a guy who's never been a starting quarterback before. I agree. But, but, but. I'm listening. Football, copycat, prisoners of the moment, more so than any other league. And so if you look at it, Ryan Dinwiddie goes to Toronto with a mostly unproven Chad Kelly, and look what he did. So sometimes teams look at that and they get uh, they get sucked into that. Yeah, I guess. But... You know, the Argos won the Grey Cup with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, who'd been a vet. Mm-hmm. And the Argos didn't win a playoff game with Chad Kelly as their starting quarterback and committed nine turnovers. That's my counter to it. So so if they don't get Scott Milanovic, who I think should be the first choice, uh, who do you think yeah. they, who do you really think they get then? Cause, cause, That's a cause, good cause, question. Because who fits? We talked about this last time. I said Tressman. I said Richie Hall. Who fits that veteran uh, coach that's going to take you right away? See, I, I don't think I don't think we're thinking about it through the right lens. Okay. I think it's who does Jeremy O'Day think he can work best with? Not who's the best possible head coach here. You as a GM you have to be in lockstep with your coach. You have to be on the same page with your coach. And the set I get is Jeremy O'Day doesn't want somebody pushing, questioning personnel, etc. And so that that to me makes it interesting. That's what like I can't see Scott Milanovic and Jeremy O'Day not having friction, and friction's okay. 
in the building as long as it, you know, as long as you're challenging each other. Mm-hmm. You you don't want everybody just having the same opinion. Um, I, I just don't know if, if O'Day wants that, Balti. Hey, is the, like, it was a nice run for the Bombers, four years uh, in a row to the Grey Cup. I, I don't... Uh... I don't think they're going to have a huge drop off, but they could get old quick. And is the shine off the rock there? So my first year as a student at Bishop's University, uh, the late Ian Breck, who was a who was a decorated head coach there, he said a line to me that I'll never forget. He said, "You know, winning hides a lot of things." And <clears throat> excuse me, I can I'm just getting the scent. The winning's been hiding a lot of things in Winnipeg that in last year's Grey Cup bubbled to the surface and in this year's Grey Cup bubbled to the surface. And if I'm a veteran player and there's a bunch of them around, mm-hmm. I'm looking around saying, wait a minute. What what have, what did we really do there? Do we only dress six DBs, really? Did we really activate Adam Big Hill? And we all love Biggie, but he just couldn't play. What kind of competition have we brought in? How many guys have we added as the season has gone on? What kind of NFL cuts have been brought in? Not a lot. And so what kind of internal competition has there been? Um, There there are a lot of questions, Ballsy, that like you got to like if you really want to get to the root of what went wrong, there are so many things. But then you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, we got to change things, and hey, my bad. And when you don't, and it's now been two straight Grey Cup meltdowns, two straight Grey Cup disasters, so far we haven't seen that be addressed. Will it be this offseason? I don't know. I, I, I just get the sense that it's going to be status quo there, but, but we'll see. Arash, thanks for your time. Have a great weekend, bud. You too, bud. Time now for your sports ticker brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Call 781-2090, I believe, is the number off the top of my head. Uh, Colson's going to look that up. If I butchered it, I'll give him a make good, but I'm sure it's 781-2090. Boom, look at that. Wow, I got a great memory. Something's going good for me. Memory's so good, that's why my hair's thinning. Um Packers beat the Lions 29-20, the first of three games on American Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving to our American friends who listen. Cowboys at Commanders right now. Brandon Cooks has just scored a touchdown on a crossing route from right to left. They lead 14-3 over the Commanders Do the Cowboys later tonight. It's the 12s, the Seattle Seahawks at home to the San Francisco 49ers. Blackhawks forward Taylor Hall is expected to miss the remainder of the season as he undergoes surgery on his right knee. Riders have interviewed interviewed seven guys for their vacant head coaching job. Two more to go in the first round, I'm told. And Antonio Pipkin, quarterback, re-signing with the Rough Riders, third down specialist. I would say that probably brings to a close the future Shea Patterson, which kind of is a head-scratcher to me. I want to see more of Shea Patterson. I don't dislike Antonio Pipkin, but I, I, I feel like Patterson maybe has more of an upside. But they re-sign. Antonio Pipkin. That doesn't mean they can, can't bring Shea Patterson into camp because they definitely can. Uh, that is your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three down game.
Francisco. Stud right fakes here. Play pass. 16 counters. EV bank. Full back west right. Zoom. Full back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick swing left. On one. Break. Time now for Between the Lines with your voice of the Riders, Michael Ball. This is a daily look at the world of football. Three downs, four downs, pro or amateur. Ballsy has got you covered. It's Between the Lines. Well, some wet and cool weather didn't stop Montreal Alouette fans from turning up in big numbers for the Grey Cup Championship Parade yesterday. Fans lined the streets of downtown Montreal and waved their Quebec flags to celebrate the Alouette's first Grey Cup title in 13 years and eighth in franchise history. Here's the Grey Cup MVP, Cody Fajardo, with his speech to the fans. Here's the thing. Nobody believed but the 1% right here. The 1%. And for all you kids out there, please cover your ears because to everybody else, you just watch. This franchise deserves it. You fans deserve it. These players deserve it. I could not be here without all of you and all of them. It's been a winding road, and nobody believed I would be up here but you guys. And for that, merci beaucoup. I love you very much. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Sports Cage on this Thursday brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Watch some NFL football today down there. Earlier, Detroit beat Green Bay right now. It's Dallas leading Washington 14-3. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline from the Canadian Western Aggribition. It's our friend Plaza of Honor inductee, Grey Cup winning defensive lineman with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Fat and sassy, Scott Schultz, how are you? Hello, hello, Ballsy. Uh, everything is top side of wonderful, as always. I miss you saying that, man. Now, you, we were supposed to be on set together, but I got a new, uh, well, not a new, but my... Uh, Backup host is here, so I want to be across from him, Colson. So that's why I'm in studio. Uh, you're down at the Canadian Western Aggribition. Uh, who are you there with, and where can they find you? Well, we're in the cooperators hallway, and I am an, a partner and owner at Lakeview Insurance. I got myself back into the insurance game back in June of this year, and we've been working out of Regina and for Southern Saskatchewan uh, since ever since. It's kind of like radio. Like you, you, people in media leave media, but get sucked back in. Like Taylor Shire, who was in TV and now he's in uh, Leader Post writing, and and you're getting sucked back into the insurance business. Yeah, you know, it, 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 after COVID. You know, a lot of things changed. I retired. You know, I was a 20% owner of a large brokerage in, in the city, uh, of Knight Archer. And, you know, I took a bit of a break. And after COVID, it's just, you know, I wanted to get back and do something. And I wanted to have ownership. And when that opportunity came up to be a local uh, owner again, uh, that's I, I left at it. And, and I can't wait. I'll be doing this until I really retire. Awesome, man. So let, let's talk about, I thought I saw on Facebook, I thought your wife posted it because i don't know that you're on it but your wife's on it uh your son plays at belgoni high school football and you you were taking pictures am i right about that oh yeah no uh my son uh, was playing bantam football he's in grade nine so he's okay. on the, the junior varsity team and then luckily uh you know they made it into the playoffs and and we didn't end getting up into the championship 
and the Belgoni Griffins were still playing. So uh, about five kids from the vars- junior varsity team got pulled up, and my son was one of them as a lineman, and he got to go be a, a high, a, a low-paid tackling <laughs> dummy for a couple more weeks. Is he a o- o or D line? Uh, offensive line. If you look at him, he looks like a like a starting guard in the CFL, just two thirds the size. Yeah. He's in grade nine. He's dipping in at about two forty five, and we're hoping he's he's going to grow some more. So, how proud are you that your son is playing football? Oh, I'm I'm smiling wider than a butcher's dog. I just uh, you know to myself, you know, I've, I've got girls, and and then and then Evan stuck in the middle, and and uh, I was kind of like, well, maybe we'll. We'll, we'll stay away from football and, and stretch your legs out. But he's a big kid, and when you start looking around for things to do, football is the only thing that comes up, and, and he's been loving it for the last couple of years, yeah. so we're excited. You know what you put your body through? Now, you retired early to get into the insurance game and, and, and did the right thing for your family financially and for your future, but you know you know the beating your body took. Uh, did you ever think, I don't know if I want him playing? You know, that was actually a, a major a major thing in my mind, because for me, it's okay. I can handle it, and, and, and things have been great, and it's been a great experience. But then you're thinking, well, maybe you don't want your, your kids to experience that kind of that kind of trauma. I still need a hip replacement, and yeah. I've had six surgeries since I retired. But, uh, you know, you start thinking about the things that it develops in you as a person and as a young man, uh, leadership and teamwork, uh, you know, also how to, how to, how to face uh, adversity, I couldn't hold them out any longer, and, and uh, we haven't looked back. It's been real exciting. I get a kick every time I go back to North Dakota to watch my kid play. I see Dressler on the wall. I see pictures of you in the weight room. Ethan tells me, oh, yeah, I see Schultz. Schultz's face is up in the weight room. That's that's kind of cool to, uh, to to know that he's kind of following <laughs> in your guys' footsteps. Yeah, I think uh, I've got some I've got some friends and alumni back there. And I'm still I still hold the record for the squat, but all the other records have been beaten by these young whippersnippers and and coming up. And I'm sure excited to you know anytime you get a kid like like your son Ethan who gets a chance to go down and, and experience uh, you know the way they play football down there, it is exciting and you just get a smile from ear to ear because. You know, I've been through that process, and you see that happening for other kids, and it sure is exciting. Well, yeah, it, you know, there's no disrespect uh, against uh, what goes on here because I got a lot of respect and a lot of time for you, sports and the coaches and everyone, mm-hmm. and, and it's coming here. But it is, it is just a different world. Like when I go into Vermilion, North or South Dakota, there's eleven thousand people <laughs> in the town, and they got a dome <laughs> stadium. Like it's just a different world down there. It's wild. It's wild. I've, I've told you, I mean, Ethan has probably experienced this. I mean, when I went, when Dressler and I played there, it was Division Two. Now they're a, they're a Division One program, so they, they've, they've ramped it up even more. I can remember going to Red River High School versus Central downtown mm-hmm. in Grand Forks, and there being 5,000 people there. Like, it is wild, wild, wild down there. You know, I was sitting in Red Pepper Restaurant down there because you told me, right? And I'm like, hmm, Schultz was, oh, right. Yeah. was right on the money. I imagine you wasting, a, not wasting, but spending a lot of study hours at the Red Pepper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm upset because my whole family is heading, heading to Grand Forks right now uh, for, for Thanksgiving. And me and my uh, youngest daughter, Aaliyah, we're stuck back. She's got a, a hockey tournament up in Hague, Saskatchewan this weekend, so that's where we'll be heading up after aggravation. You must get a kick, though, being a like a hockey parent or a football parent. <laughs> hockey is, it really blew my hair back, the hair that I do have. Yeah. Um, because you just, it's another level of involvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the costs, 
uh, you know, every, it, it is mania. It is yeah. mania. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, I can't get over the, hey, let's go on a tournament to, to Calgary or Edmonton when there's 30,000 kids playing in the greater Regina area. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Schultz, uh, I'm going to have you for two breaks here. So before I go to break, you, it, it's funny. I go to aggravation. I'm not a, much of a farm guy. I'm not going to lie to you. I respect yeah. them. I respect them. There's no doubt about it. But I yeah, worked yeah, on yeah. I worked on a dairy farm, my uncle's dairy farm, when I was about 14 for one summer for two weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I am not built for this. I got to just go tell jokes and call football <laughs> games for a living. But you're there with life insurance, okay? Like, I got a, I got a massage chair over there. Or, sorry, you're there with insurance. So tell me, tell me, like, how would you approach it differently for a farming community than you would, like, an urbanite for me? Well, yeah, the biggest thing that's been going on at Agribition and what you see is, is just, um, you know, it's, it's hardworking folks. They're all entrepreneurs. They're all running their own operations. And, you know, they, they've got to make do at the end of the day. And so what the things that, that, that they uh, seem to appreciate the most is it's just the attention to detail and the service and, you know, you know, showing up on their farm and having that meeting across uh, their kitchen table or out in the Quonset, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the tractor, that's what they appreciate. It, 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 what happens is everything's moving towards this transactional uh, 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 business and, and, and everything's online. But with farming and, and mm-hmm. big commercial uh, prospects, you, you got to get out there. You got to see the operation. You got to see the people to get an understanding on how to manage the risk. Yeah, it's a very good point, man. Okay, Scott, I'm going to get into some meat and potatoes of CFL football here on the other side. Scott Schultz joining us yeah. from the Canadian Western Aggravation, former Plaza of Honor inductee and a Grey Cup champion with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Shows brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month. Scott Schultz joining us from the Canadian Western Agribition. I'm here in studio at the corner of 12th and Rose. Hey, Scott, what'd you think of the Grey Cup and the Montreal Alouettes beating not only Toronto, but then Winnipeg? Well, it was a panoply of emotion for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you always, you're always, as a Saskatchewan, kid you're always happy to see the bombers go down number one so that was, that's good but then you know you, you see montreal and and you know it, it was exciting and all that and then it's just you have that sense well god there's some of our guys are on there or mm. former guys and it just doesn't sit well yeah cody uh cody comes up with the victory gets some redemption uh jason moss uh looks like a different guy from when he was in uh in uh, Edmonton, uh, you know, all in all, quite a story when you think they had no owner to start free agency. Yeah, well, that's a that's a that's a CFL story if there ever was one, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you you look at you look at look at what happens, but you and I both know it's it's one of those things where you know when you're in a situation and it and it, and it starts to get going sideways, sometimes no matter what. Like, if Cody was to stay here, that result that he got in Montreal likely wouldn't have been the result. Like, it's just sometimes a new situation, a fresh set of eyes at things, and a deep breath uh, means and counts for a lot sometimes in an athlete's career. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there, it was unworkable here. He couldn't come back here. Like, there was no way. It was, you know, it, it was done. 
Well, and, and that's and that's you know that's the business of football. Everyone's got their ideas and and they want to see them enacted, and and that's why there's hiring and hirings and firings. And you saw you know the things that went on in our own organization to, to try to deal with this, and you know and, and the people that that are involved. I mean, you know, I, I know I know these guys intimately and personally, and and I, I all I can say is. Nobody's happy. I mean, like, nobody's sitting back and is pleased with, with the situation we're in. And, you know, I think, you know, just like the fan base, you know, the only way we can claw back out of here is just one good decision at a time that leads into one good action that leads into hopefully one win. And then you stack those wins up one at a time and you slowly but surely uh, get the fan base back involved and, and, and back on track. That's how, I, that's how I see it. When you were coming up here, though, with this football team, there was a lot of angst. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was great. There was a lot of, you know, fan negativity, and I feel like some of that oh, is yeah. – a lot of that is creeping back in here. And for that reason, I do believe we need a very – this is a very – I know it's stating the obvious, but wouldn't you agree probably since that time, this is the most critical hire right here, this head coach. I believe so, and and you know what they're talking about and who they're talking to, all good signs. Uh, I, I mean, I think we would be happy with some of those guys that they're talking about if they pull the trigger on. I don't know how many rounds and, and how deep they're going to go, but we'll just wait and see. But yeah, my career kind of shadowed that, you know, that post, you know, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, yeah. ugly area, two thousand one. And then it was that slow build. How many times, Ballsy? How many times did we go nine and nine? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and win our way back into the playoffs and then go on a run, you know. And, and so that's what I see. That's, you know, that's what I see happening is, hey, let's just pump the brakes. Let's slow down. Let's start doing the things that we need to do uh, to start moving forward. And you just, you got to get those little wins, those little goals, stack them up, and that's what's going to carry you. And sometimes that's monotonous for a fan base. But that's how it gets done. Yeah. So is is um, how do I word this? When you're looking for a head coach, what's the number one thing you want? You wanted in a head coach? Like, is that how, to me? I think the riders read and need a real alpha, somebody that they know. Maybe not like you know a, a loudmouth, but they need a guy that the players all know it is his team. He's the head. You know what? Well, my thing is like you know, like what are what are the characteristics you're looking for? I guess is what you're asking me, right? Right. And 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 so number one, you got to be a communicator. That's number one. Love him or hate the guy uh, or gal, you, you gotta you gotta be able to communicate. Uh, number two, the person who is your head coach, he has to have the experience that would lend to being able to be called this person a leader, right? And I'm meaning. Love him or hate this guy, the men in the locker room have to respect what this guy has done because it's a long season. There's going to be de- uh, decisions that are made. There's going to be ups and downs. And bar none, the men in the room got to believe in this guy, got to believe what he's, been, he's done in the past that's going to carry them forward to the promised land. And then number three, I think, Baldy, uh, is, you know, I think it's like it's, you know, it's adaptability. And, and that's like a de- demonstrated ability to be able to make changes, to be able to pivot without hesitation. I think back to my playing days, and one of the one of the tragedies that I think I played through was, you know, we had this offensive coordinator, Marcel Belfay, who had a system, and, and the system was the system, and he was fitting square pegs into round holes yeah. rather than, you know, adjusting and, you know, melding his brain to the athletes and abilities that were in the locker room. 
Yeah. So here when I look at the guys that they're talking about, Mace, Milanovic, Pierce, I have, yeah. no, I have no dog in the fight. I'll work with whoever they hire. And if it's not one of those guys, somebody else, of course, I'll work uh, with that person because I'm the voice of the team. But with this ridiculous coaching cap and the fact you want to have a winner, you'd have to think Milanovic, even though he doesn't have a winning record as a head coach, he'd have to kind of be your top dog because he comes in here, he's been a head coach before, he could be an offensive coordinator, two birds with one stone. My leeriness with Buck Pierce or Corey Mace, they've never been head coaches before. You ask him to take on the OC in Pierce's case and head coaching role or Mace DC and head coaching role, that might be too much to Chew first time guy. You know, I, I like I like where you're going with this ballsy. You know, with Milanovic, you look at him. Yeah, okay, he doesn't have the winning record, but he's got a substantial enough record, and it's close. It's something like forty three, forty seven, something like that. Yeah, and he's had the successes, and that's something that you can build on. Now, if you look at the other two; uh, they're young guys, so that bodes well with a younger group. Right. I, there's got to be a way that you have coaching that interacts with the, with the, with these younger kids that are playing um, uh, you need you need a younger coach like they're moving towards in the, in, in the NFL. So, so what you're saying? So what you're saying? So what you're saying is, if you did get a Scott Milanovic, he better bring some younger guys with him that can yeah. relate to the guys. That it can't be the old boys club. You got to be able to get some of the relatable guys. And you look at a guy like Buck Pierce. I love that pick. Uh, I've I've tasted defeat many times for that guy, and know how great that he is. I can I can remember putting out Dave Dickinson myself. Nate Davis puts out Casey Printers, and Buck Pierce came in in the third quarter and roasted us. Right, so so you know as a younger guy, he would be my number two. Corey Mace, I love the defense and all that stuff, but I just I believe you got to have an offensive minded head coach. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know if he comes here. Maybe he brings a Drew Brown because you don't know. Like, I'm a Trevor Harris guy, but you don't know. He's coming off an injury. He's not totally healed yet. He's 38 years old. Drew Brown's maybe the next up-and-coming guy. But then again, you got a guy who's never been a starter with a guy who's never been a head coach. That's something to factor in. But if Buck Pierce comes, maybe he brings Richie Hall with him as his D coordinator, too. Well, you, you see, this is, the, this is where things get exciting for the fan base, and this is where you can get off some of the negative stuff now and look at the positives, because that's exactly right, Ballsy. Someone like that who's young, who's been in a program that's had a ton of success, um, he's going to be able to bring along uh, uh, coaches. There's going to be relationships that guys are going to want to try and follow uh, in free agency if there's opportunity. I mean, I, I, that, that, that's the very positive and exciting stuff, and that's where it makes it easy for guys like you to go talk about it for three hours on the radio. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's easy. I try to blabber as best I can. And while we, <laughs> and while we wrap up, Schultz, tell them again where you're at at the, at the aggravation there. We're in the main cooperators hallway. If you want to talk about your feedlot or you want to talk about any agricultural insurance, come on by Lakeview Insurance. We're looking forward to, to seeing you at your farm. Awesome, man. And wear that great cup ring because that will open the door for a lot of chatting. That's how you get, that's how you get <laughs> well, it in, Schultze. I've been, I've, been, I've been pounding it all week. <laughs> looking good, too. I saw you the other day. Take care, my friend. All right, guys. Talk soon. That's Scott Schultz, former Rough Rider great down at the uh, – Canadian Western Aggravation 52nd edition. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. 
Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. It's the voice of Sean Kleisinger, who's not here, took the day off to watch his Packers roll the Lions in surprising fashion. 29-20. His quarterback now, Jordan Love, in a career-high three touchdown passes. Cowboys beating the Commanders 20-10 at halftime in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. Dolly Parton working 9-5. What a way to make a living. She's going to be the halftime show here. Uh, Seahawks at San Francisco, or sorry, Seahawks hosting San Francisco in the uh, wrap-up to American Thanksgiving for NFL football. Tomorrow, an afternoon game, Dolphins taking on the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 stands for just end the season, or at least it used to. Chicago Blackhawks forward Taylor Hall expected to miss the remainder of the year as he undergoes surgery on his right knee. Um. So this was yesterday, but I, I wanted to play it again. Here's former Rough Rider, current Grey Cup MVP and champion Cody Fajardo of the Alouettes. Here's the thing: nobody believed, but the one percent right here, the one percent. And for all you kids out there. Please cover your ears, because to everybody else, you just watch. This franchise deserves it. You fans deserve it. These players deserve it. I could not be here without all of you and all of them. It's been a winding road, and nobody believed I would be up here. But you guys, and for that, merci beaucoup. I love you very much. Congratulations, you won the Grey Cup. Congratulations, you were real good in the Grey Cup and deserved the Grey Cup MVP. But Cody, it's not about you. Sometimes people show you who they are. I wouldn't be here without everybody else. Nobody thought I'd be here. I thought it's a team. There's no I in team. Hmm. Uh, Riders interviewed seven guys so far for their vacant head coaching job. Two more. To go in the first round, uh, I think it's going to come down to the three: Mace, Pierce, Milanovic. You can make a case for any of those. I think personally, it's going to be Corey Mace, and he'll bring his good friend Mark Mueller as the offensive coordinator. That is my prediction. People have asked me that, so there you go. Speaking of the Argos, they've extended the contracts of a quartet of offensive coaches, including receivers coach and passing game coordinator Pete Costanza. He was a name mentioned in the rider coaching search. I think that was just kind of a name thrown out there by the media. Also sticking around for next season, quarterbacks coach Mike Miller, offensive line coach Chris Sweet, a former rider coach, and running backs coach and run game coordinator Edwin Harrison. The Edmonton Elks have created a new committee to review the club's ownership structure. By the way, back to the Riders for the second. A sneaky signing here. They have signed American quarterback Antonio Pipkin to a contract extension. Now, it doesn't mean you can't bring Shea Patterson back, but you have to wonder if they bring Shea Patterson back because that was his job, the third, you know, the um, third down specialist until they made the trade sending Vedvik to Hamilton and Pipkin coming in here. Calgary Stampeders have signed American defensive and James Vodders to a two-year contract extension. Keep him with the team through the 2025 season. Greg Marshall, not the guy who coached the Tiger Cats and was the core, uh, or is the coach at Western, but Greg Marshall, the former Ottawa Rough Rider, former rider assistant, and briefly the head coach, was with the U of T Blues, U Sports, University of Toronto, Varsity Blues. He was let go 
Uh, they made the playoffs in 2021 and 2022, but they had a sub 500 record in the regular season over his tenure there, and they were, I think, uh, I think they only had two wins this year. So he has been let go um, there in Toronto. One of the Lloyd boys, I think it's, I want to say it's Satan Lloyd. Uh, locally, went to Winston Noel. He plays there at uh, the U of T, so that's putting a local spin on it. And so, Greg Popovich is the coach of the San Antonio Spurs and one of the best NBA coaches in the last 25 years in the NBA, especially being in little old San Antonio, okay? Greg has uh, said some things about politics and other social justice issues, which... I, I have no problem with in terms of you can say what you want. I don't necessarily know if I want my sports and politics mixing, but sometimes you can become an egomaniac a little over the top. I've been accused of it too from time to time. You get a little big, a bit too big for your britches. So let me paint the picture for you. San Antonio is playing the LA Clippers. The LA Clippers feature the beard, James Harden. They've got, uh, Westbrook's on the team. Uh, they've got Paul George on the team. And they've got um, Kawhi Leonard on the team, who went to the Clippers after he helped the Raptors win their only championship. Kawhi Leonard won his first NBA title with the San Antonio Spurs. So he spurned the Spurs, went to the Raptors. So he's at the foul line, and the fans are booing. Kawhi Leonard, imagine that, booing another opponent. And here's what Popovich, uh, Greg Popovich said. Excuse me for a second. Pops on Can the we mic. stop all the booing let these guys play? It's, it's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Pop telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. They should boo that guy. That guy gets millions of dollars to be an NBA coach. And as Sean Kleisinger told me, I've never been to an NBA game. He said Pop should shut up because the fans pay hundreds of dollars, if not in the thousands, to sit courtside. And they, short of saying something like anti-Semitic, which seems to be some of the things uh, going on in today's day and age, or... Uh, very racial or throwing things like they did in Cincinnati. For example, when Sam Weiss says, you live in Cincinnati, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. They weren't throwing anything at Kawhi Leonard except booze. Greg Popovich, shut your mouth and coach. Those fans have every right to cheer or boo how they want. You can get a hold of us, 936-6262 here uh, locally. You can call that number. You can call one 670 or text 936-6262. We'll be back with John Hodge from 3 Down Nation. Glenn Suter after 530 here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM for the Canadian Brew House. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Actually, before we get to our guest, we got a caller in the queue. John the Habs fan, go ahead. You're on the Western Pizza Hotline. What's up? Hey, Ballsy, I want to talk about your Coilers, and I'm going to call them the Coilers until they turn it around. Yeah, do you think they're going to make the there's playoffs? fundamentally think... wrong with that team. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, they're not. There's something fundamentally wrong with them. They're basically the same team as they did last year. 
and they look absolutely brutal. And if they don't, don't be surprised if McDavid or Dreisaitl ask to be moved. Well, McDavid and Dreisaitl are the best of friends, and they want to play with each other. So I'm led to believe they're going to stay in Edmonton because there's no way they'll be able to play with each other if they get traded because they won't be traded to the same team. Uh, having said that, the Oilers might be forced to move, say, a Dreisaitl out because they're going to need a goalie. they got to get a goalie. They're talking with your, well, Le, they're talking with your Le Habitant about getting a goalie. They are, and they're talking about uh, Sam Montembeau, yep. who's our uh, number one goalie right now. But um, Kent Hughes knows he's got Ken Holland over a barrel, so he's trying to get as much as he can. I heard uh, the latest uh, rumor that I've heard is uh, Jack Campbell, two first-round picks. Yeah, well, uh, this year next year. Ken Holland. If he does that, uh, he's going to fleece Holland. Ken Holland. Uh is not very good at his job. He wasn't for a while. He turned Detroit into a grease fire after winning championships when they didn't have a salary cap, if you remember. Anyway, we got to roll, John. By the way, John, if you were to pick Corey Mace, Buck Pierce, or Scott Milanovich as Riders head coach, who would it be? Buck Pierce. Okay. And, and, And would you want him to bring Drew Brown and Richie Hall with him? Yep, I would. Thanks for your vote. Take care, bud. You too. All right, let's head on the Western Pizza Hotline, talk to this expert in CFL football, John Hodge. Hey, Hodge, uh, how was the Grey Cup? Were you at the Grey Cup? I'm assuming you were. How was it? You betcha, Ballsy. I was there all week, and it was great. It, uh, I thought it was a really wonderful event. It was my first time uh, spending a, a kind of extended period of time in the city of Hamilton. It was nice to experience Steel Town, and, you know, it, it something that I think was I mean, outside of obviously all the festivities being great, the, the league events being great, is is I appreciated that the game was great from start to finish because something that I think an amazing finish last year in Regina kind of sugarcoated was the fact that the first three quarters of that game were terrible. So it was really nice to sit through four entertaining quarters. Well, and see, I'm on the other side. I I, I agree with the the Grey Cup here. I didn't think it was that spectacular till until it started to pick up steam, probably midway through the third quarter. I I, I wasn't. Uh, I was like, geez, this is kind of a boring game. But uh, it had the dramatics at the end, which is what you want. And I think it had the best halftime show ever. Yeah, halftime was spectacular. Our guy Ryan Valentine wrote an article for Three Down saying that it's it's the number two. He still has Shania Twain from a few years ago, and, and Ottawa is the number one. But I, I think that the Green Day halftime show is as good as any the CFL has ever had for Grey Cup. And I, I might be a little biased because I did grow up with Green Day's music, but it doesn't seem to matter you know, age, preference, whatever, for like like all the feedback I've seen about the halftime show online and elsewhere has been overwhelmingly, seemingly universally positive, which is yeah, wild because yeah, yeah. it seems almost impossible to get everybody to agree on anything. On anything, yeah. By the way, Green Day. I'm watching Dolly Parton dressed up as a, like, I know she's had work done, but that's a 70-some-year-old woman dressed like, up like a cowboy cheerleader. Are you kidding me? That is crazy. <laughs> like she is unbelievable. That can't be her. That is unbelievable. Um, hey, so as it relates to the game, I mean, Cody Fajardo had shades of Darian Durant in that uh, West semifinal here in 2013. I was thinking about that. That second and 18 run, and then the third and five pass called by Jason Moss or Calvillo or whoever. That was uh, really what a what a memorable drive. Yeah, and I mean, good for Cody. 
Right, I, I I didn't think Cody Fajardo could do it. Did you think Cody? No, Fajardo could do it, no, I'd never. No, I, Cody I, Fajardo, I, Cody Fajardo, and starting championship quarterback. I am, I'm still shocked, actually. But hey, kudos to him. Yeah, and I like I I said it on on our podcast this week. I and I think a lot of people are of that opinion that that if if the Alouettes were going to win this game, it certainly wasn't going to be because of Cody Fajardo. It was going to be him. Limiting mistakes and, you know, the run game taking over, the defense generating a bunch of takeaways, you know, the Bombers making a bunch of mistakes, whatever. And, and some of that did still ring true, of course. But, you know, you, you have to give credit to Cody Fajardo. I mean, three touchdowns. And, and he threw an interception, but, you know, it was 50 yards down the field. Evan Holm made a great play. It was as good as a punt. Like, for all intents and purposes, he had no turnovers. And and that play he made with his legs was sensational. That actually, I was in the press box. Of course, I was in the press box last year in Regina as well. That that felt like the Chad Kelly play from from last year's Grey Cup, where where he was able to convert. I believe it was second and thirteen. Now, obviously, Fajardo didn't get the first down. He had a little further to go, but that set up third and five. And third and five is a heck of a lot easier to convert than third and eighteen. There's not a lot of plays in the playbook. To, to convert third and 18, especially when everybody knows the defense is just going to drop, you know, nine guys back into coverage and, and make you make a mistake. So full, full credit to Cody Fajardo, and I was happy to shake his hand after the game and congratulate him. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm proving everybody wrong, just like me. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. John Hodge from Three Down Nation. He's Manitoba based. So I say the Bombers are not a dynasty. I mean, they're a good football team, a really good football team, and a, a, a great run, man. First time since. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos back in the day where somebody's gone to four straight Grey Cups. Edmonton won five in a row. That is a dynasty. I don't think Winnipeg's a dynasty. How do you feel? I'd agree with that. I, I would call it a run of success, mm-hmm. and I suppose that that is somewhat synonymous with dynasty, but to me, for a dynasty, you've got to win three. And uh, not to take anything away from them, being back to four is special, especially in the salary cap era, right, where all the rules are designed to prevent teams from, from being great year in, year out. Yep. The rules are designed to help the struggling teams with draft picks and, and, and encouraging free agency and all that stuff, the one-year contracts that players can sign. Um, but, no, I, I, don't, I don't consider them a dynasty. Had they won last year or this year, I, I would have put that stamp on them personally. Yep, you could. But to me, they're not a dynasty. And, and I will say, if they go out and win one next year, I think it's still a dynasty because you won three and five and you're at five straight. But, obviously, they're going to have a heck of a time getting back to that because each year that, that core gets older and it's going to be tougher to keep together and tough to, uh, tougher to have success. So out of the three names that have been talked about a lot here, um, Scott Milanovic, Buck Pierce, Corey Mace. Uh, people, you know, people speculating, I'm one of them, hey, those will probably be the three main names. Which one do you favor, and, and not like give a dog in the fight, but which one do you think is the is probably going to end up as the head coach. I say it's Corey Mace bringing his friend, good friend, former coaching colleague Mark Mueller here as the uh, as the offensive coordinator. What are you hearing, and what do you think? Well, I do believe that if Corey Mace was the defensive coordinator, uh, pardon me, was the new head coach, I do believe that Mark Mueller would come over as his offensive coordinator, plucking yet another former Stampeders coach off of that Dave Dickinson tree that has been uh, pruned heavily right by other CFL teams. About half of Toronto's current staff are former Stampeders coaches. There's other guys elsewhere across the league. Uh, but but the guy I still think is the number one candidate. This is just my opinion based on 
you know, the circumstantial evidence based on the conversations I had at Grey Cup in Hamilton is still Scott Milanovic simply because he checks every box. Like Jeremy O'Day is, is from, from what I can gather, the, if not certainly one of the most conservative general managers in the league. He is not a risk taker. And when you've got a franchise quarterback in place like Trevor Harris, who we know is going to be healthy next season, yeah, he's, he's a little bit older, but he also, as we all know, does a tremendous job conditioning, taking care of his body. And also, he doesn't have the mileage that a lot of 37, you know, 38-year-old quarterbacks have. This is a guy who wasn't a regular starter until I, I believe he was 30 or 31 mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So to me, Milanovic, he checks the box of experience. He's not going to be a young coach, not, not a young first-time head coach who might, you know, uh, uh, you know. We all know Regina's a fishbowl that the pressure can get to you a little bit. You know, uh, Corey Mace and Buck Pierce both have young kids. Might be a little bit tricky to have them in in school there if things don't go particularly well. We all know that, that Ryder yeah. fans are extremely passionate. So, to me, Scott Milanovic checks every box. He's the best option to continue the the kind of changes that were made, at least personnel-wise, at the quarterback position this last offseason. But could it could it be the other two? Could it be Mace? Could it be Pierce? Absolutely. Buck Pierce was asked about it straight up during Great Cup Week, and though he was obviously very focused on the game, didn't want to give much in true Winnipeg fashion, right? He didn't want to give the media much to work with. But one thing he did say is he is open to head coaching opportunities, which has not been always been the case, at least in the past. So we know that he's at least in... The, uh, one of the dogs in the fight, and uh, I'm excited to see who comes out on top. Yeah, you have to wonder. You got, you got to bring a staff. You got to, you, you have your own uh, thoughts. You, you have to wonder if he'd bring what everybody thinks is the next star quarterback in in waiting. And you're one of those guys, Drew Brown. But if you're the Riders, do you want a first time head coach and a guy that's never started as a quarterback? Correct, and I, I do think that it's fair to question. Like I, I'm high on Drew Brown. I think he does a great job of throwing the ball mm-hmm. on the run. Uh, I think he's more athletic than people give him credit for. Uh, I do have some questions about his size, right? He's about 190 pounds soaking wet. You know, does that translate over the course of an 18-game season? I think that's fair to question. But uh, that being said, I've obviously had a chance to watch him up close, talk to him a number of occasions. And, I mean, I mean Zach Kalaris, if you need a ringing endorsement, Zach Kalaris said, yeah. said to the media, in his end of year avail that, that, you know, and this is a guy they've been in the locker room for three years together now. He said, yeah, Drew Brown in the right circumstances can be certainly one of the, if not the best quarterback in the league, which from a two time MOP, I think is, uh, is, is a pretty amazing endorsement. Not a lot of veteran quarterbacks would say that, would say that about their, their young, you know, essentially challenger or their young protege, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and that, that to me is, is factors in the decision. And by the way, this is something that I think goes underreported sometimes is when you're hiring a head coach, often the, the most important question from a team is who's your coordinators yep. and who's your quarterback? It's not philosophy, right? It's not the X's and O's because at the end of the day, that stuff can get worked out later on and can change. It's who are you bringing as your assistants and who is your quarterback? And obviously Buck Pierce, of the three, I think would have the best chance of delivering Drew Brown if that is in fact the direction the Riders. Well, and here's the last here's the last thing, and I brought this up earlier with Scott Schultz when he was on. If you want to win, you want a proven guy. You're not much of a risk taker, like you referred to Jeremy O'Day in that light. 
then you got to go Scott Milanovic because it's football's offensive. Okay, it's it's turned uh, to favor offense. You got a guy that's proven to to develop quarterbacks. Already has the relationship. He comes here probably what two fifty as the head coach, one fifty maybe a little less as the OC. So right around four hundred thousand dollars takes both of those. And in the in the stupid ridiculous coaching cap, you got to have something like that. And I don't know if I want a first time head coach also being my coordinator either offense or defense. Well, and the Riders have obviously just given Jeremy O'Day a stamp of approval with with the new three year deal. So, you, you on the one hand, you know that's encouraging. On the other hand, you, you still got to get this right. You mentioned the coaching cap. Uh, league Commissioner Randy Ambrosi was asked about it point blank at his State of the League. You know, is this here to stay? And Randy doesn't answer a lot of questions really definitively. That was one of the ones he did. He said, "Yes, yeah, the coaching cap is here to stay. We're not changing it." So obviously, you know, any, any any head coaching hire is important, but especially since the implementation of the cap, where it's harder necessarily to move on from guys than it was before, it's ultra important to get that right now. And that, again, is why I think, you know, a, a guy who's been there, done that as a head coach before, won a great cup, but is also still, you know, a, a relatively young guy. Like Scott Milanovic is 50. You know, for a guy with that level of experience, a lot of them are, you know, when they're they're mid sixties, late sixties, and you start to kind of go, ah, eh, is this guy, this guy, you know, not, not exactly a spring chicken. Is this guy still got it? Well, Scott Milanovic still has it, yeah, so, I, and that's why he's 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 what I think is the best option. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because he's my age. That's right. I'm a spring chicken, John Hodge. You're damn right. These young, these young whippersnapper announcers want my job. That's right. I still got it in the tank. Hey, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Cheers, Ballsy. Anytime. Take care. John Hodge joining us. Three Down Nation does great work over there. We got Pat Chad, our sports ticker, and Glenn Suter to wrap the show up on the sports cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for your sports ticker, and it's brought to you by Busy B. And we can tell you that right now, Dallas leading Washington 20 to 10 in the NFL. Earlier today, it was Green Bay beating Detroit 29 20. And the nightcap in the American Thanksgiving trifecta for NFL football comes from the Emerald City, the Seattle Seahawks, and Geno Smith, our friend Kerry Joseph, former rider. Quarterback and assistant coach on Pete Carroll's staff taking on Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, and the San Francisco 49ers. Busy B, the sponsor of our sports ticker. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Andreessen moves it out to center. McKenna gains the attacking line for the Tigers. Left circle, walks in, he shoots! And a glove save by UA. Basha down to the right goal line, now walking in front. Lindstrom tucks it in front, and Weisblatt scores! Oasis Weisblatt gives the Tigers a 1-0 lead. Aremba lost it in the slot, St. Martin all alone, and he gets hooked up. Rebound! Glove save by Huey! A spread eagle stop as he robs Thomas Mersick! That puck had goal listed all over it. To McKenna at the midpoint. Right side, one-timer, Weisblatt, he scores. Second of the night for Weisblatt. McKenna up against the right boards. Centers it in front, here's Rock. He shoots, he scores. Top corner. Liam Rock, what a shot. 3-0, Medicine Hat. Left point, Aranak shoots, stop, rebound. Spread eagle, save, rebound, they score. 4-0, Tigers. 
over the Regina line, into the slot, he shoots, he scores! Top corner, Tata Lindstrom. Wrist shot, stopped by Brian, rebound, scores! 6-0 Tigers. Now it's floated into the middle and down the ice, partial breakaway, and hot ass scores! All the way to the Medicine Hat zone, here's Lindstrom accepting a pass at center, in over the line, spinorama move on Slaney, backhander scores! Brad, I guess we'll start off with your thoughts on this one. How would you kind of describe your team's performance tonight here in Medicine Hat? Uh, yeah, obviously the 8 nothing score, just a hard pill to swallow. Um, don't think we were very, some individuals just weren't very good. We had some guys who were pretty good. Um, and obviously in the second period there, we had three breakaways, two grade eight chances in the first 10 minutes. And we were still a one nothing, 2 nothing game, and we didn't score on those. We had a power play in those things. We didn't get any momentum off of that. And then, uh, you know, second period, I know we were down 4 nothing, but I like the way we were creating chances. You know, so much we weren't doing in the first period. Um, I mean, it just kind of snowballed for us. Didn't like a couple of goals that we let in, but uh, that's the way it goes. They're a good team, and they score real easy. They got good players. Yeah, Brad, I mean, you mentioned the breakaways that you guys had. You guys had some really good opportunities to score in this hockey game. Is it just a matter of time before those bounces end up going in the back of the net? I mean, you look back to Swift Current, you guys had some breakaways as well. So I guess uh, is it only a matter of time and before finally maybe those pucks go in the back of the net and we're not looking at, you know, a lopsiding game like we saw tonight? Yeah, well, um, uh, we need those to go in for us and you know we practice them all week long and you know different different styles of taking shootouts and different people you know taking breakaways but uh yeah for us we just gotta stay positive here stick with it and um uh, we were creating chances we just didn't get we just didn't score and when we're not creating chances that's when we're in trouble so we're just gonna stay positive here and uh keep on trucking Brad Haroff, the head coach of the Regina Pats, is with us on the Leader Post post-game show. Pats fall 8-0 here in Medicine Hat. And Brad, you mentioned staying positive. I'm happy you mentioned that because Ken Schneider talked about it on the post-game show on Friday that, you know, seeing maybe that frustration of those pucks not falling, not going in on breakaway, starting to set into this group. As a coaching staff, what's your message to the group when things like this happen, where you lose a game like this and you get those breakaways and chances to score, but the puck doesn't go in to try to stay positive and, and keep that message alive? Well, that's what a true scoring a, a true scoring slump when you're not getting opportunities. So obviously scoring has been a little bit of a tough thing for us lately, but we're getting opportunities. Uh, we're just not putting them in the net. So for us, the coach staff, um, we got to stay positive. Got to you know keep our emotions, keep that positive energy going. Hopefully, just keep on working hard and don't succumb to the frustration. The biggest thing we've got to do is we can't um, succumb to the negativity and the outside noise. We have to keep on believing in our group and just keep on. Know, um, believe in that good things will come if we do it the right way. I guess the beautiful thing about hockey and about sports in general, Brad, is that you have an opportunity to bounce back Friday in Edmonton against the Old Kings and Saturday against the Red Deer Rebels. How eager are you to get to back on the ice with a practice tomorrow here on the road and obviously continue to see this group get closer together building into Friday and Saturday to finish off this road trip, hopefully on a high note? Yeah, oh, that's exactly what we need to do here. We just got to keep on um, uh, jump back into it Friday. I think we hold Edmonton a better game than we gave them last time. And they stole two points from us, we feel. So we owe them two points back, and that's our plan on Friday. Brad, thanks for the time tonight, and uh, I guess we'll chat later on this week. Thanks, Dante. That's Regina Pats head coach Brad Haroff joining us. A practice tomorrow here in Medicine Hat, Friday in Edmonton against the Oil Kings. 
And uh, Pat Chats, a presentation of the Canadian Brew House. Get a dollar off of tankers every game day and enter to win a sports triple of a lifetime for two to the Super Bowl. Catch all the NFL action at the Canadian Brew House. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. All right. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. The show, or at least this portion of the show, the Glenn Suter portion, brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Glenn, have you been watching any of these uh, American games here? I will starting next week. <laughs> okay. I just, okay. I just needed to decompress from football for at least a week. But, uh, you know, I, I will, I've only watched segments of the Grey Cup back because I'll watch it in its entirety and make some notes and, you know, do sort of my self-scouting as I do every year uh, at the end of the season and look at some regular season games, playoffs, mm-hmm. Grey Cup, and then also dig in more to the NFL next week. You look uh, you look pretty good, Johnny Cash, all in black there. Look pretty good, actually. My daughter, my, yeah. da- my daughter, my 19-year-old daughter, she was like, hey, he looks pretty I said, look at Glenn Suter. Yeah, he looks pretty good. <laughs> do you do you have his do you have his number? Can you text him right now? Like, cause he's she's like, cause is he your friend? Yeah, can you text him right now? I said I can, but he's doing a game. He doesn't want to be <laughs> get a text. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is there are seven known wonders of the world. Okay, yeah, the eighth wonder of the world I just saw. I literally just saw it. Dolly Parton is the halftime show for the Dallas Cowboys. She is dressed up. You know how the Cowboys cheerleaders dress up? Yes. And yeah. I and I listen, I know she's had some work, okay? She's been in the shop, so to speak, okay? Um, <laughs> um there is no way that woman is 77 years old. She is an absolute smoke show. I was like, I, you are kidding me. That is the eighth wonder of the world right there. You get a chance. Look at that. It's on the screen there. Like the, it's on the, I can't believe it. Glenn Suter, you got to find some pictures of this. This is crazy. I've, I'm losing my mind here. It's crazy. Well, <laughs> well, Mike, you know what I, you know what I like about Dolly? I love her approach. I love her, uh, you know, her, her attitude towards life. Just, Always positive, always good, you know, for, for sure, trying to help other people. You know how much money she spends to help other people with, uh, she has like her own amusement park. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and all of that stuff. It's just it, her, her approach to life is outstanding. We could all learn from it. No, you're right, Glenn. Uh, but you know what? I love what you did there. See, I, I was considered an ugly person girl, like as a, as a young little nerd there. And so I'd be the, well, he's got a great personality guy. That's what you say about nerdy, ugly people. You don't say, well, you know, I like her personality. She's a, no, yeah, she's got a great personality, but that's not what I'm saying when I'm looking at the, I don't look at her on the screen and go, you know, she looks like she's got a good personality for a 77 year old lady. Oh. 
Oh, 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 I know what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Glenn, I don't want to walk you into the, the National Hall of Fame broadcaster into somewhere you don't want. I'm, I'm already on the bottom floor, so I can't go any lower. Uh, suits, um, let's talk about that for a sec, because we didn't really touch on this, you and I, when you were on a couple of days ago. I had John Hodge on here. Speaking of entertainment, I can't think, I know you're a country music guy, but I can't think of a halftime show that was universally liked by anybody, and I haven't seen anybody rip the Green Day performance. Absolutely loved it. In fact, and I, you know, I, I'm a big country fan, as you know, so Shania Twain was excellent. Yep. Keith Urban was excellent, Keith, but I'm you know I'm a fan of Keith Urban, so yep. and Shania, so so that I'm totally biased, and 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 the love of music is so subjective. Everyone is a little bit different, but I, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this to jump on this bandwagon. You're on here because I'm I'm 100 with you. I I think it might have been the best that TSN has covered, um, and that's 15 of them now. And, you know, I, and there's been a lot of great acts and a lot of big names, but I thought Green Day crushed it. And the way they, the way they interacted with the crowd, just a few things. There were just a couple of stuff, things that they said. And then every single song, you know, it's funny because that song that was played at the wrap-up of Seinfeld mm-hmm. um, from Green Day, and, I, you know, I was thinking, oh, I, I love that song. I hope they play it, and I'm watching halftime. They didn't play that one. But if you ask me to name Green Day songs, I probably couldn't tell you more than a couple. And then I, I listened to the concert, and I go, I know all those songs. Those are all great songs. Well, you know what I liked so, about it? I'm glad you used the word concert because I'm watching it, and I'm going, this doesn't feel like a halftime show. Like, usually it's a quick, even in the NFL at the halftime show, it's like uh, a two uh, two minutes of a song, and then they pop to two minutes of another song. They, they went on for like four solid songs. I'm like, this is almost like a mini concert. Yeah, exactly. And that's, we we both, Rod and I both said that at, at, right after halftime. I said, that was awesome. That's That's a great sort of, you know, set the bar high for the next acts and the acts coming up. Play play four or five of your hits and play them top to bottom and just bury yourself in them because we'll love it. We'll love it as, you know, and it doesn't matter the genre to me. Yeah. I mean, there's people who love different types, but it, they they killed it. I, I thought they were fantastic. Glenn, I had Darnell Sankey on earlier. I know you listen when you're coming on. I don't know if you heard that, but I was uh, – I was – I'm. I, it just makes me smile when an American guy like that who went down to the XFL and all the narrative coming out of COVID is we need to combine with the XFL or we're going to die. And now they're almost dying, so they combine with the USFL. And then you have this guy on that just won a championship there and up here, and he can't even put into words what it means to, uh, to him to win the Grey Cup and the parade and the love they got in Montreal. So that puts a smile on my face coming from an American guy. Yeah, me too. You know, me too. And I, I thought when he first came back and some of the things he said was respectful to the new spring leagues, but it wasn't, but it was clear that he wanted to go back, come back here, come back to our country, come back to our league, come back to the great history of our league. And all of that combined was the reason he was motivated to come back. And, and through all of what he said then and now, there was very little talk about, well, I can make a little more money here or there, or, you know, it, it's, it's about the experience of playing pro football, being a champion. And when you have a, when you're holding over your head with thousands of people in a parade, 
a championship mm-hmm. trophy, the Grey Cup that you just won that was number 110, it's, it just has a different feel to it. And I, I'm sure that's what he was talking about this time. And, and that's what he said when he first came back. Yeah. Hey, we got another segment, a quick segment with Glenn Souter. Uh, you're listening to press coverage. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. On 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage with Glenn Souter. Quality tire, nine locations in Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca. I do think TSN did a great job doing that uh, broadcast. Uh, not just because you're on the other end of the phone here, Glenn. Thought they did. You know, they add a little more resources with cameras and the helicopter and the drone, and uh, it, really good. Um, I do. I do want to see us somehow. I texted you. Uh, during the week, I want to see us get into this. So, like, promote our guys. We should have that. That award show should be somewhere besides CFL Plus, where we can find it or at least have easy access to it. We need to build the stars up. Yeah, well, I will tell you that, and I, I, co- I totally agree, just off the top. But I, I will tell you that we, you know, the people in the trenches, the people that are working with the league, the executive producers, producers in the truck, directors, all of that. When we meet, we all say the same thing, which is that we want to do as much as we can and more. Like we're trying to figure out ways to do it. And then, of course, budgets come up and accountants get involved and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a different discussion. However, uh, you know, with the new ownership in the league, and the new direction in the, in that ownership. I mean, the fact that, you know, Carrie Underwood on Friday night in Hamilton knocks it out of the park. I, there was no one said a bad thing. Apparently she played for a few hours and almost lost her voice too. Um, but it was a fantastic concert. And, and with that kind of bringing, you know, raising the bar for Grey Cup week with big name acts in the weekend and things like that, you know, who knows? Like, Maybe Amar Doman and TSN and CTV and all those guys that make those decisions in the upper floors, maybe they can get together and say, hey, how can we have the the person that's singing the anthem play a song at the award show because it's a big name and we put the award show on TV and that person gets, I, I don't know, yeah. I, I'm, th- I'm thinking out loud, but that's, believe me when I tell you that the guys in the trenches we want to do as much and more as we can to promote the players. Glenn, I think one of the things that needs to be fixed, and Randy or whoever, it's not Randy's league, it's every, you know, he's he's working mm-hmm. for owners, but this cap, coaching cap, is ridiculous. It hurts the product. Riders looking for a coach, and so now you're like, okay, so do we get, do we go with the veteran guy that can be our OC uh, in Milanovic? Do we go with the young guy, Buck Pierce, but then is he going to be the head coach and the OC? Is that too much for a young guy? Same thing with Corey Mace. Like, you got to do more with less, and I don't think that's great for the product. Well, I'd like to see it changed. I mean, I, I you know, again, uh, if you go back and define the origin of that and that it was being abused and it was this, it was this um, arrow heading up uh, trend that was going on in spending when it came to coaches. Now, clearly the pendulum to stop that swang way to the other side. I mean, now, now it is restrictive. 
So maybe there's some compromise in the middle that can be discussed and, uh, you know, not necessarily number, but a higher ceiling, you know, and, and there's other ways around it. I, I just, I, I agree with you. And, and I think they're trying to do that right now anyway, Michael, because I think, you know, when you talk about guys that sign for three or four year contracts, and then you might decide that you're going in a different direction after year two of that contract, but you're still stuck with two more years, that's changing. Mm-hmm. So they're already discussing how we want to change that, and I'm sure the coach's cap will come up in those discussions. We have two and a half minutes left, Glenn. If you were sitting in Jeremy O'Day's chair, knowing the heat that's in this market, even though he's got a new contract, Reynolds has got a new contract, that doesn't take the angst away. Would you mm-hmm. go with uh, Would you go with the, if you could work it out, all things being equal, do you go with a veteran guy like Scott Milanovic, or do you go with a Buck Pierce or a Corey Mace? I would go with the philosophy that their resumes get them the interview, but that's all that their resumes get them. From there, they have to show that they're going to approach it the way I believe it needs to be approached. I would ask them questions about their management of the ratio. I'd ask them questions about how they would conduct their training camps, how they, you know, I'd give them hypotheticals and, and different examples of what happens when player A does this. Everything is different and you can't get into too specifics, but I'm talking about the interview process. Mm-hmm. To me, your resume gets you the interview, but it doesn't get you the job. And I'm not picking a guy based on his resume. I'm picking him on how he handles himself in those meetings. Those meetings go three or four hours and then turn into two or three days. You probably got the right guy. That's a good way to end it. Glenn, thanks for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Go put some Dolly Parton on and just think about her great personality. Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Have a good night. Uh, it's Glenn Suter joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. That'll do it for the show today. Sean Kleisiger's back in the chair tomorrow. Thanks to Colson Schultz. Hey, man, how you doing? Everything's good, man. I, I, I hadn't seen you for a while. I'm like, where is this guy? He said he wanted to work, and then he pulls the chute, but he went for a hand surgery because he had little excess skin when he was a young kid. It grew back after having surgery back in the day, and he did it because his middle finger and ring finger were stuck together dude went and got engaged so he's getting cosmetic surgery so he can look good on the wedding day that's great man it's awesome gotta do what you gotta do did you got did you cry when you proposed to her did you both cry did you hug each other i was tearing up i'm just gonna say that's because it was cold out but you know (laughs) (laughs) so like where'd you do it in a quonset in sinaluda or nope Right by the falls in Banff. Oh, you romantic guy, you. That's awesome, man. Great job. So congrats. Amanda? Is that yes. right? Amanda and Colson. Uh, February 2024. Four. Four. Coming year. up. Yeah, right away. Wow. I'm uh, checking my email box. I haven't got an invitation yet. We'll see. Uh, We're Bobby. still working on those. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. He's working yeah, on yeah. You'll get yours in 2026, Ballsy. <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for the show. I'll be back with a sports ticker in a moment. You're listening and have been listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.